Mo always gives it away when we're recording. Do you even know why the metronome happens? I don't know. I haven't looked into the program enough to see like why that's there. Honestly, it's a good cue though. Like I appreciate it because yeah, but sometimes I feel like it, it would be better because we start just talking and we have these random conversations and they're kind of crazy and like we say shit that we probably shouldn't say. Oh I, would my love, God. I would love to record in the middle of one of those like from time to time just to like give Do you know how much stuff you'd have to like edit out of, and just never post? Yeah I know but you know I'd like to give the audience an idea of like who we are like yeah. who we really are off the microphone. Well I, I like to think that you know this is like a decent representation of it but there's definitely those times where we have when we're just hanging out we have conversations where I'm like damn I wish this was recorded yeah. Because like when uh, things I still like, have like a couple of hours of audio from the day uh, during the summer where we all hung out and was Scooby here? I don't remember if, if Scooby was here. Did they bring Scooby? I think they did. No, I don't think because it, was, it wasn't the summer because I had Lacey and we wouldn't have brought Scooby. Okay, all right. So yeah, I mean, but it was me, you, Quad. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, that day. Yeah, I, I know exactly what day you're talking about. Um, because your wife came. Um, we ordered uh, pizza and wings and yeah. shit, and we came in here and it was like we were all smoking cigars and the whole fucking place smelled like a cigar fa- a sc- cigar shop. Yeah. But uh, hey guys. Welcome to episode 131 of You Watch, I Listen. Uh, Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I have no complaints. Taylor, how are you? Taylor? Taylor. Oh, he's not here again. He's not here again. That's right. Um, Taylor, uh, in the winter, as we know, his job calls for him to be on call at least one night a week. Uh, this week happened to be Tuesday. Probably, and I think last time, last year, it only happened like three times. Yeah. Um, so it worked out. And with the um, the COVID numbers on the rise in New Jersey, rather than get another person in here, I'd rather stick to the people that I see most often. Like, realistically... I see, obviously, my fiance. Um, I see uh, ears and tree, yep. um, and they're at home all the time. And I see you guys. Yeah. So I don't want to branch out in that too much. Um, I just found out from my job today that they're pull after this week. They're pulling me back into just the office, so no more going out. Probably the right decision right now. Um, I even noticed this week more than recently that in the morning and when I'm leaving work, there were less cars on the road than in recent weeks. I don't know I, if you've noticed that I as am well. Noticing that as well. I got here in about forty minutes. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I hit a little bit of traffic right where um, the by Willowbrook Mall is and shit. Yeah. But uh, overall, I'm starting to see that. I know I, I saw on Sunday in New Jersey we had over six thousand positive tests. Um, we had over four thousand today. We seem to be floating between the four to six thousand number, and this isn't even the posting. Thanksgiving surge yet, so you know we're we're smart. We we try to be careful about it. I think my sister has COVID actually. Oh, um, she's feeling like shit. She went for a test today. She'll find out uh, within seventy two hours. Um, sucks. She yeah. feels like shit, but she's young, so doesn't have any underlying condition, so she should be okay. I did recently find out uh, that I have the COVID antibodies, so I did. Uh, oh. Tracked the virus at some. How point. did you find out you had the antibodies? Uh, so I recently had my annual physical. Okay. Uh, and they sent me for my blood work to make sure that, like, surprisingly, somehow I don't have high cholesterol. I actually. What have, about the hypertension? Uh, so he downgraded it to <laughs> uh, to elevated high to elevated okay. blood pressure. Okay. Um, somehow by some miracle, I don't have. I actually have normal, like. T- Direct normal cholesterol levels. That's which that's shocks interesting. Me. Well, you you have been eating better over the last month or so. Yeah, but a month of good eating doesn't uh, like. But it can be lower a little bit to that point. What was your weight at at the physical? Uh, my weight was at uh, two sixty nine. Okay, so my scale's not that off then. No, it's it re- not. it really isn't. Okay, I feel better about it, and I feel like some people are liars. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, I <laughs> I did get uh, yeah. So they co- they called me with results that everything looked normal. 
Um, you know, I'm not dying. I don't have any weird stuff going on in my Unfortunate. blood. Unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do have the COVID antibodies. So that means, because I think it's weird because for in some cases they say the antibodies are only there for like two to three months. Yeah. And I've heard for some people they're for like six months. Yeah. Um, do you know I don't remember being even relatively sick at any point in the last So you were asymptomatic. Well, do you know what your blood type is? I have no idea. Because they say um, if you're O positive, mm -hmm. it's highly unlikely that you will have any. You can still get it. It's actually unlikely that you'll get it. And if you do, you're more than likely going to be asymptomatic. Yeah. I'm O positive. So it's the only thing I've ever fucking been positive about in my life. Um, so I'm not too concerned. I'm in relatively good health. I'm a smoker, obviously, so that puts me at risk. But um, I, I have to be more careful with uh, seeing my mother and my grandmother and right. shit like that. So I, I, I was barely seeing them since this all started. I've I have not seen them at all over the last month and a half as the numbers have gone up. But, oh, shut up, dog. I don't even know what you're going after. Your bone's right there. But, um, yeah, so uh, no Taylor this week, but we got some fun stuff. Uh, Josh and I, thought I, we actually got very good responses on when it was just us a couple weeks ago. Um, some people were surprised because you usually sit in the background. Well, you know, my role on the show, I take it kind of seriously with the audio stuff. You know, I can talk if I've got stuff to talk about. Well, um, which this week we've got stuff to talk about. I'm very, well, very excited to talk about the Marvel news. Yes, I'm day. excited about that as well. And what I told some people that were like, I'm surprised you and Josh have bantered like that. I'm like, I've known Josh since I was fucking nine years old. Yeah, this is like a fucking, this is almost a fuck 25-year friendship. Almost. Yeah, how sad for you <laughs> and how disappointing for me. Remember that time you almost killed my brother? <laughs> Wait, oh, well, <laughs> listen, listen, listen. <laughs> I don't know why he had it coming, but he did. Oh, he still has it coming. Yeah, he still has it coming. Um, I, uh, But yeah, I mean, uh, so so this episode 131, you watch, I listen. Uh, this week, we all watch Mank. I have Taylor's review. And Taylor gave me the third Frank Turner album in the uh, discography, uh, Love, Ire, and Songs. So we'll see you guys in a second. The You Watch, I Listen podcast starts now. Had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck your A couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. What did he do wrong? It's time for the You Watch, I Listen podcast. And always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. How was your week, buddy? Uh, my week was solid. Uh, had some uh, had some stuff go on at work. You know, did a lot of... Uh, a no lot one of died. No, no one died. No one you hired died no, either. No one I hired died. Did you ever fill that position? Yeah, that guy started a couple weeks ago. I didn't want to talk about it because I didn't want to. The like, dead guy started dying. a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> fucking. Oh my risen god. From the grave. He's a fucking zombie. Return of the living dumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, still one of my favorite taglines. <laughs> what? <laughs> when hell? Well, when <laughs> there's the, no more room in hell. The dumb will walk yeah. the earth. Yeah, that was a good one for the Dawn of the Dead poster. But um, so that's good. You got that guy. You had some work stuff going on. Um, I, I gotta ask you. How many McRibs have you had since it came back? Zero, dude. Okay. None, none whatsoever. I, I don't I, plan on it either. Okay, I really need to talk about the McRib. Okay. Because 
I decided to get one. I needed to see if it was what I remembered. And in my youth, I liked the McRib. But for some reason, the few times they brought it back, I had this really like weird feeling about it. I didn't get one. I was like, let me see if I'm crazy. And I wasn't crazy. That shit is ass. <laughs> There's nothing good about it. Like, the barbecue sauce is good. but I don't remember what I loved so much about it. I think it's the nostalgia of it. Yeah. I think it was such a, you know, it, it's crazy because I remember the McRib first being a thing when we were, like, maybe, like, 10 years old. Yeah. But it had been around well before that. It was just something they randomly brought back. And I remember loving it when it came out, and I was like, oh, this is great. And now, in hindsight, it's I would rather eat the cardboard that the McRib comes in. You, you got to think about this shit, right? So think about having pork chops. Think about having yeah, any pork delicious. dish at home. It's great. Like somebody shake and bake. it takes a long time to cook, and you have to cook it just right. Yeah. How the fuck do they take pork and make it a fast it's food It's a meal? pork-like meat. It's not. It, it, it could be anything. Like they probably do all that fucking wild shit that they do to the chicken and do it ten times worse and than And here's the, the thing. You could do that wild shit to the chicken, and it's still delicious. Yes. And pork you can't fuck around with because pork can only be cooked one way. There's no medium rare. There's no rare. Yeah. Like, dude, like, come on. That's like, imagine you like, go to the fucking restaurant, and you're like, um, I want the uh, Altice chicken or Alice's spring chicken and uh, make it medium rare. No, you, you don't ever want that shit rare. No. And with pork, you can't, fu- you can't fuck with it. And with that, it's disgusting. There's not the barbecue sauce is good, no doubt. But McDonald's has very good barbecue sauce. I couldn't even finish the fucking thing. It was disgusting. Yeah. And um, thankfully, I got myself two McChickens, and I was happy about that. So I went with another fake meat uh, <laughs> that was delicious. Um, but yeah, I'm glad you haven't had one. You don't need it. Yeah. Because I feel I, like I don't need it. I feel like I you wouldn't it. be able to get just one. And I feel like if you got well, one, like, push me back down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I feel and tumbling. I and I feel like if you got just one. And you're like, I'm just going to get one. You'd be like, I remember I love these. And get like, I'm five. Keanu Reeves now. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> there is no spoon. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think the big thing with the McRib is the nostalgia of it. And speaking of nostalgia foods, I saw today that Doritos are bringing back 3D Doritos. Yes. I actually, I, I love 3D Fuck Doritos. Yeah. I mean, I like Doritos in general. Doritos are a delicious, delicious chip. What's your, what's your favorite Dorito? The classic, Cool Ranch, or the spicy chili? No. I don't like it. I I don't get into any of the spicy. Yeah, you're not types. a spicy person. Um, I I I go for Cool Ranch, man. Yeah, I love regular Doritos too, yeah. but Cool Ranch is my jam. Like yeah. I could ha- like, and Doritos are one of those things that you cannot eat just one. Yeah, it's like a cheese doodle. If you have one cheese doodle, you're in the bag. Pretzels, you can never eat just one. Right, like those honey mustard and onion pretzels are maybe the greatest treat. Salty you treat. Know, uh, as far as cheese doodles go, okay. You know, there's there's a brand out there that makes cheese doodles that people sleep on. Okay, what's the brand? Planters. Have you ever? Yes, had they're really good. <laughs> they're really listen. It's not like it's some knockoff brand. It's fucking Planters. Yeah. They're like one of the most uh, um, iconic American brands there is. What but I, they're known for nuts. Yeah, and but but what I really appreciate, so am what, what kind of drew me, because I recently got a, a one of those little tins of uh, cheese uh, cheese curls, they call okay, it. Okay, very good. Uh, what drew me to it is the fact they spell it C-H-E-E-Z. Cheese. 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 Yeah. It's weird, man. Like, I, I'm one of these people, like, I always have to, when I go grocery shopping every Sunday and I want to kill myself and shop, right? Yeah. I always have to walk down the chip aisle, uh, the cookie aisle, mm-hmm. and then the area where they keep all the hostess treats. Oh, yeah. Every every week when I go grocery shopping, I, I have to come home with at least a snack for myself to sit, uh, you know, on, on the couch all day and watch football, play video games, yeah, or whatever yeah. else it is I'm doing. And I go through, like, uh, spurts where for, like, two, three weeks, I just want this snack. Like, a couple weeks ago, it was the Drake's Cherry Pies. Um, uh, those, I love the, and the apple pies are really good, too, but I yeah. prefer the cherry. Um, and then I did, uh, Little Debbie had these, like, uh, birthday cake, like, almost, like, Twinkie-shaped things. 
things that were yeah, delicious. And now Hostess has the birthday cake cupcakes. I saw which those. They're really good, dude. Yeah. They're re- I like the nutter butters. I like one of the treats that we had in the cafeteria in you know elementary what I school. Like? They don't have it all the time, and it, it, every so often it pops up. But whenever I notice it, I grab one. Uh, the Entenmann's Funfetti cake. Yeah. Oh my God. It's you not always there. No, have you it's ever not. Notice that it's not always well, there. Like you funny. go to that little Entenmann's end cap. They've always got the popums. Well, it's funny got... you say that because so it was uh, my mom's birthday a couple weeks ago. Happy birthday, mom! I'm sure you're listening at some point. Uh, my mom loves uh, black and white cookies, right? Okay. And she loves the Entenmann's black and white say cookies. Your mom loves black and white. <laughs> like, all right, Terry. I wouldn't put it past her. <laughs> She's a size queen. <laughs> So um, I went to go look for the Entenmann's black and white cookies. They didn't have them. Thankfully, they had them like fresh baked in the bakery. So I got her those. So I was telling her like, I know you like the Entenmann's, but they didn't have them. And she she had just a random stupid fact. She goes, well, the Entenmann's bakeries are local to each area, and it depends on what they get. And I said, cool. Why the fuck do you know that? Like, do you like the cookies that much? You studied them? Where they cut the origins of the black? We're gonna get an origin movie about the black and white cookie from Entenmann's. I will say this: as far as the donut hole goes, oh, the pop. Poppums are superior to Munchkins. I don't 100%. care what anybody no, says. Anyone that says otherwise is a fucking liar. Munchkins, Munchkins fucking suck. Listen, but I'll, I'll say e- it. I'll, I'll eat them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like okay, I, I will. I only like uh, the glazed ones are the most like a real donut hole. Yeah. The chocolate ones are probably second, and the jelly ones are the only other. Dude, the fucking powdered one is ass. They stink. They the, get fucking hard after like an hour. Yeah. The the glazed ones tend tend not to. They actually those can be a little bit better when they get a little stale. Yeah. Um. The chocolate ones, same thing, and the jelly ones, you got to eat them within that like six hour window of when you got them. Popums, especially when you get the chocolate ones with the like the the when they release around Fourth of July, the red, white, and blue sprinkles. Yeah. Bomb. The chocolate ones. Bomb. Um, Entenmann's is a superior food company. Yes. Um, they, they don't make anything. Like, even the stuff I don't like, I'll eat. Like, they have the devil's food cake with the marshmallow icing. The fucking butter loaf. Oh, Dude, it's just so a fucking good. butter loaf, but it's <laughs> yeah. great. Like, just, I don't even cut it. I just eat it like an apple. <laughs> like, I literally sit there and just be like, <laughs> and just eat it like that. Um, you know, there. I always I also always peruse the bakery area because t- people sleep on the ShopRite bakery. They make the best, uh, like, you have to get the very specific, you have to get the bulk pack, their chocolate chip cookies. The, the chocolate chunk cookies. Yes, that's, what, that's yes, what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, they make them, it's like, it comes in like an 18 pack or yeah. something. Yes. Um, the regular chocolate chip, not as good. Mm-hmm. The chocolate chunk and the ones that are the M&M chocolates are delicious. Yes. But the chocolate chunk, what I tend to do is I'll throw them in the microwave, like 20 seconds, mm-hmm. put a little salt on them, because then you get the combo. Fucking landlord gets them, and she's like, she put them in the microwave. I'm like, I'm like how long do you put those in the microwave? She's like, 40 seconds. <laughs> I'm like, are you making dough? It's like 15 seconds tops. Man. I know. Like 20 to me is like the cutoff because then it's like a little more gooey. Yeah. But 40, you're fucking recooking it. Yeah. I was like, you're crazy. It's gonna come out hard. Oh, some um one of the landlord's friends um came by last night and they made her um uh like cookies. They, they you know, gave them out like little Christmas things. It was this, it was a red velvet cookie yeah. with like this icing on it. Holy shit. Yeah. It was so good. But the best cookies I've had are they're called crack cookies. Yeah. Um, I forgot the name of the place, the bakery in the city, and actually I haven't delivered to you. Whoa. Yo. And they make all different ones. It it, it the best fucking cookies you will ever have in your life. Okay. Um, I have to get you the name of the place. They're it, they're a little more expensive, but they're worth every fucking penny. Fuck yeah. And they have all different ones. Like the one that I liked, it was chocolate chip, marshmallow, and cornflake. You need it. You need it. Yeah. So, guys, it's episode 131 of You Watch, I Listen. Um, I guess, uh, so like we said, Taylor's not here. I guess I will go first. I'm trying to think if I had anything fun happen this week. 
Um, we went to our f- wedding food tasting. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was cool. I mean, you did that, obviously, right? I did. And it's funny because I we got married at a place that I was already very familiar with. Yeah. So I didn't need the food tasting, but I but needed the free you, food. Yeah, you needed so. the free food. So I was interested to see how they did it, mm-hmm. considering everything. Um, and it was only us and like five other couples. Actually, one of them wasn't even a couple. It was a dude and his mom. I hope it was his mom. Otherwise, he's in trouble because that bitch was old. Um, but uh, it was cool. Like, the, the food was awesome. I ate entirely too much. They sent us home with uh, like eight different cakes to try and sample for it. Yep. And I shouldn't have tried each one, but I did. Mm-hmm. And then I puked and pooped. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the cake we decided on, it's a, it's a chocolate cake with cannoli cream, um, with chocolate chips and the cannoli uh, cream. So I think that seems like a good one. But the, the best entree... And I, I always tell people this. You never get the steak at a wedding. It's yeah. always disappointing. So it was almost like a chicken cordon bleu. So it was like a fried chicken that was stuffed with brujut and moots and like in a, a sage sauce. You have to get that when my wedding comes up. As of right now, we can have 100 people. Hopefully yeah. by April, once the vaccine's rolling along. Yeah. I think 125 is realistic. Yeah. But when we, we looked at the list with 100, congrats, you made it. Yeah, all <laughs> Taylor right. made it. You know, you're only in the wedding. All right. Uh, Imagine you have to fucking zoom in. <laughs> zoom in. <laughs> um, but uh, the 100, pretty much everyone that is, like, in our circle mm. will be there. Awesome. Which is real. I was talking about it. Like, the people are getting cut off for, like, um, like parents of friends. Uh, uh, par- friends, parents, and yeah. shit like that. People that I, I'm friendly with, but don't see that often. Right. Um, you know, shit like that, which sucks. I'd love to have them there. Yeah. But um, hey, as look- long as the, the 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 current circle is there, that's great. Because uh, one thing I've learned over the last couple of weddings is I love messing with Quaz at weddings. Oh my god, I was well, like I said before in our group chat that picture of Quaz from his LinkedIn, <laughs> and it's like a normal. It's a, he's a good looking kid. It's a good picture of him, but something about his perpetual negativity and like self loathing of like life. I, I find him so fascinating. He's like a like a little pet project of mine where I just want to see how far we can poke him yep. until he kills himself. <laughs> okay. Um, but all right, guys. So Taylor's not here. Um, I'm going to go first because we all watched the movie. <coughs> I have Taylor's grade of it as well. So Taylor gave me, um, we joked about it last week, that we're an A24, Nicolas Cage, Frank Turner podcast. This right. is the third Frank Turner album he's given me. It's from 2009 called Love, Ire, and Song. Um, the previous albums he gave me were... Um, the um, was uh, England Keep My Bones, which you also listened to. Fantastic. And he gave me uh, Be More Kind, which I really liked as well. So on this album, the biggest thing I could say about Frank Turner is that he has a distinct style on each album. No two albums sound the same. Like um, like England Keep My Bones almost comes off like a, a folky punk rock kind of album, wouldn't you say? Yeah. A hard rock at times. Be More Kind is more of like a straight like soft rock, alternative rock kind of record. Uh, now I sound like Taylor saying record like it's fucking 1960. Um, and this one is just like a, I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's the only album of his that I think had like a true arc that was telling a story from first song to last. Um, so the first song on is I knew proof, uh, proof, rock before he got famous. Um, the songwriting is great on it. The sound is great on it. His lyrics continue to press, uh, consistently reasons not to be an idiot was a five. It's a solid and fun song. The theme I started picking up on is like the the capturing of youth early on and growing up. Now the song that Taylor wanted me to highlight was Photosynthesis. Um, that was a five. It's a great fucking song. The sound on it is like an old folk song where the bass line is the boom, 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 boom. 
on the verse, which I dig. That's like what old Johnny Cash used to do. Um, the lyrics on this are about staying a kid at heart while everyone tells you to grow up. And I wrote, you grow up, cunt. Um, Substitute, five, an acoustic song, really well written. A story about the one or two girls that always stick with you no matter what. I think everyone has that in their lives. And girls have it with guys in their life. Even if you're with someone, you're very happy now. You always have those couple people that stick in your mind in the formation of your current and potential future relationships. Better Half, um, five, I wrote my favorite song so far, but it was not my favorite song on the album. Reminds me a little bit of Ben Harper, who I'm a huge fan of in the songwriting. The music's great. When it breaks down, it sells the whole song and story being told. Uh, the title track, Love, Iron Song, it reminds me of a lot of an old Bob Dylan song with the structure of how he sings it, where he does the, wanna go around and I don't know. And I, I love Bob Dylan. I like that. It's folky. When it breaks down from acoustic to the full band, it gets even better. His voice is best on that song so far. Imperfect Tense is the only straight-up rock song on here. It's a nice change of pace in the middle of the album. To Take You Home is a five. It's the coolest song on the album. It's like an old English folk song that you'd hear at the Ren Fair, where they're telling this full story about like a maiden and a prince. Uh, I thought that was really cool. The acoustic guitar and the mix of the mandolin uh, to go with the cool story he was telling and the lyrics was great. My favorite song on the album, though, is Long Live the Queen. Um, this is a beautiful song. Um, it, it's Basically, the song is about he gets a call that their friend that's been sick is like kind of on her last days in the hospital bed, and he goes to see her and about the messages he live, uh, gives her, he she gives him. Um, this song actually like really moved me. It actually made me a little teary-eyed. It, got, it gave me the chills. I thought this was like a, a just a beautiful, beautiful fucking song, an amazing tribute to his friend, uh, a love worth keeping, another really unique sounding song. You know, really unique is not a thing, Josh. Something can't be really unique or very unique. Why? Because unique itself is so far above anything else. It means that it's its own thing. And I hate when I hear people say, and I do it all the time, very unique, really unique. I wrote really unique, and I hate when people do it, but it's not a thing. Little tangent, don't say really or very unique or uh, kind of unique. It's only unique. Grow up. Um, but I love the I love that song. Um, St. Christopher coming, is Coming Home. It's another one of those old Johnny Cash sounding songs musically with the bass line. The guy's, ver Frank Turner's version versatility just blows me away and I love that they use an upright bass on this song and the final song Jet Lag was a five it's literally just Frank Turner and a piano and it's the conclusion of the arc, of the arc on the album it's about growing up and apart from the people who made you who you are and the real realization at the end of the day the only person who is always there for you is you and the hard realization of that this song resonated with me the album resonated with me Frank Turner has quickly become one of my favorite artists in recent memory the guy's song writing ability cannot be understated. When you listen to the story he tells and the, the pictures he paints with words, very few people have that ability in recent memory. Um, this is another fantastic album from him. This might be my favorite, even more than England, Keep My Bones. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 5. I'll give it a 6 out of 5. Sensational album. Um, just, just a massive fan. You should definitely listen to it too, Josh. Nice. Will do. Um, Alright, so the movie, Josh, was Mank. David, was. David Fincher's latest starring Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Charles Dance, um, Lily Collins and a couple other people you'd recognize throughout. Um, you watched it? I did. Josh. Okay. I watched it for the first time too. So um, I will say this. This is a beautifully shot movie. I love 
David Fincher and his artistic style. Yeah. Um, you know, so I can never get down on stuff like that. Very well written, very well acted. I fucking this laughed my movie ass off. bored me to fucking I'm, sleep, dude. I'm not surprised. And it's funny, it's the opposite for me and Taylor. Yeah. And and Grohow, we were cracking up through the movie. Yeah. Like I was the scene uh, the big scene was at the dinner table when he fucking pukes at the <laughs> end. Yeah, I died there. Dude, I fucking that, died that there. was that had the biggest laugh. It was a very subtle form of humor. Yeah. Um I did like that sequence of him and Charles Dance is walking him out, you know, and he goes on, you know, that epic fucking Charles Dance speech like yeah. he can. He's so and good. Then he just fucking closes the door in his face. Goodbye, Mank. He he's so good, Charles Dance, and Oldman was so good. I cannot like I told the landlord, you don't need to watch this one, you'll be bored by it. Yeah. I, you've have you seen Citizen Kane? Yes. Okay, so, so I love Citizen Kane. It's, you know, for my money, at least the second, at bare minimum, the second best American film ever made. Um, I, I've always been fascinated by the story of Herman Mankiewicz because, the you know, you're talking about one of the, as a, as a film buff, you know, uh, a, a talkie fan, a cinemaphile, whatever you want to call it, a film cunt, if you will. Um, the making of the film and the writing of the film always fascinated me. And Orson Welles is one of the most fascinating figures in the history of Hollywood. Um, I think it's one that the more I... I I definitely, I really liked it. Um, I It's one of my favorites of the year, but not my favorite of the year. Um, the more I watch it, the more I like it because of how dry the humor is throughout. You're absolutely right about the way it's filmed. I love the the non-linear storytelling, how it was like a screenplay being typed up on the screen. Yeah. He even put the cracking of the film. I did, obviously always love Trent Reznor and his soundtracks. Dude, it's in fucking incredible. It, it literally puts you in the in the the world. And not only put you in the world, but like it pulled you into the fucking 30s, 40s and yeah, 50s, you it's, know what I mean? I mean like and it's crazy because most Trent Reznor scores you can kind of tell it's a Trent Reznor so- score. He does a lot with the piano that's like kind of like slow like the social network score. You could play it for me any day and I don't even love that movie. But I hear that score, and I know it's Trent Reznor. The Watchmen score, same thing. Um, and in this one, I thought that it was so cool that him and Atticus Ross were able to capture that being pulled, like you said, being pulled into the the beginning of the golden age of Hollywood. And the dude that played Orson Welles looked and sounded exactly like Orson Welles. It creeped me the fuck out. Um, but Taylor loved it. He gave it an 8.4 out of 10, which is a very high score for Taylor. Um, I gave it on Letterboxd a 5 out of 5. What would you give it on the Taylor scale? On the Taylor scale, uh, I'll give, I'll, I'm going to give it two scores. I'm going to give it a, uh, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 on the Taylor scale just because, like, I know, I know a good movie when you I see the one. You see the, you appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I, I'll give it a, I'll give it a 6. Okay. Uh, because, I, you know, it was good. There, you know, there were moments that I laughed at. Obviously, I, I appreciated it for what Oldman it was. was great. Oldman was oh, fucking. Yeah, He's yeah. always great. Absolutely. You know, I appreciated it for what it was from an artistic standpoint and a and a score related standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just you know didn't do it for you. Didn't do it for me. It's not my kind of movie. Okay. Fair. Um, yeah. um, all right. So uh, the movie I gave Taylor, and I told him in text. Um, I just watched it last night. We talked about it last week. Uh, it's called Sound of Metal. Um, it stars Riz Ahmed, who was in. Um, you know him from Rogue One. He was the Imperial pilot that ended up helping them yeah. sabotage the whole thing. Um, in the movie, he plays a drummer in a death metal band or a metal band um, with his girlfriend, who's the lead singer and guitarist. Mm-hmm. And they show the beginning, like the shows. He's like this great drummer. And then when one of their shows they go to, they they live in their art. RV together. One of the shows they go to, he set him on the merch table, and all of a sudden his fucking hearing goes. Like, and the thing the movie does so well 
is this move this needs to be nominated for every like sound mixing and sound editing is they capture what that would actually sound like the audio and it actually is what it would sound like if you started to lose your hearing at like 25 per, you only have 25% of your hearing yeah. and all he hears is muffled sounds and he tries hiding it for a while and the thing that I, I read up on the movie that's so cool is they actually worked uh, most of the actors in the movie are deaf themselves they actually used the deaf girl from The Walking Dead is in it oh okay um, she's very good she's very good um, he goes he's also a recovering addict and he goes to live at this real place where um, a, deaf, a deaf community and recovering addicts who are deaf live and he has to learn how to cope with it he wants to get the surgery of these implants um, that can help get his hearing back to an extent and uh, it was a really um, a profoundly powerful movie and you know what's crazy is like we talk about it all the time I watch so much fucking horror nothing really scares me the idea of losing your hearing horrifies me more than anything. I would rather be born deaf than know what it's like to hear, especially be someone that loves music, loves the, the audio aspect of movies, anything like that, and then to lose your hearing. Imagine this dude is a drummer that's doing okay, and he loses his fucking hearing. Um, I, I, it capture, I, it's amazing to see because the landlord was telling me she took a um, American Sign Language class in college that uh, the deaf community is like a very real thing. Like uh, they, they're they very bonded together and they don't view it as a handicap because they find ways to overcome. And I thought the movie did a great job of capturing that. I think Taylor's going to really like it. Um, this right now, it has surpassed Trial of the Chicago 7 for me as my favorite movie. I need to rewatch both of them of the year. Um, so the pick for Taylor this week is Sound of Metal. It's on Amazon Prime. Streaming for free. Cool. All right, and you have Taylor's pick for me, don't you? Uh, Taylor uh, told me to pick an album for you. Uh, so, so he didn't pick an album. He told you to pick one. Yes. Cunt. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to give you uh, a couple of choices because he kind of told me like today. Um, nice. Uh, so you can either choose a metal album. Okay. A Coheed album. Okay. An indie record. Or not really an indie record. It's one of those bands that is indie but made big, you know. Okay. Or something incredibly stupid. I'm gonna let you pick for me. Fuck. I want you to pick for me. All right. All like, right. I mean, I, I think if if you're not sure what to pick, you go with the incredibly stupid thing. Uh, <laughs> you just gave me a look. <laughs> like if if there was a camera on you, people would be like, "No, get away from that gun." <laughs> uh, okay. You you uh, just pick. You pick. All right. So I'm gonna give you the metal album. Okay. Uh, it's a band that I recently discovered. Uh, because I love concept albums. We know sure, this. Sure, sure. Uh, and this band I found, it turns out they've been around for a really fucking long time. They've been around since 1987. They're an Italian metal band. Okay. Their name is Dark Quarterer. Dark what? Quarterer. How do they spell it? It's a... Uh... Quarter... Quarter. Okay. Okay. Not quarter year. Quarter year. <laughs> I like quarter year. Uh, so it's quarter er. Yep. Okay. And the name of the album is Pompeii. I get it because they're from Italy. Well, so is I mean, it is the concept what, of it the the, the, expo the eruption of Mount Vesuvius? Okay, the best thing that happened in Mount Vesuvius is that dude that you could see. You know, how some of the bodies are still like in ash, yeah. and he's fucking got his dick in his hand. <laughs> you ever, dude, that guy had it right. <laughs> like, I would be trying to fuck, but if I couldn't, I, I might be I might be doing both. I might be jerking someone off and fucking. <laughs> if you can't get someone, I'll help you, buddy. <laughs> um, so you listen to this album. Uh, yes, I did. Uh, and Taylor has too? No, I haven't even talked to Taylor about it yet. But Taylor, when you listen to this, or actually I'll just text you later. Um, so he has to listen to it too? Oh, yeah, he's got to listen to okay. it. Okay. Because it's, it's one of those things, it's kind of like a, uh, uh, how do I describe it? Gay? Yes. Okay. So it's not like, 
it's not like Dragon Force sort of epic. You know, oh, like, I'm not into that kind of stuff. But I, yeah, it's yeah. Like a, it's, know, like, I, I get like what you're saying, though. I, it's not like Dragon Force epic, but it is an epic in itself. Yes. Okay. Well, I mean, like, the subject matter <laughs> alone would indicate that it... How stupid were those motherfuckers? Like, they knew that thing was going to erupt for a while. They're like, I oh, will hang out, see what happens. Yeah, dude, it's... Uh... I don't have much sympathy for those kind of people. Like, they knew what was coming, and I mean, maybe not on the scale that it was, but if you see a volcano smoking, what's your first thing to do? Uh, Get the fuck out. What is going on with that thing? Well, there was a dude that when Mount St. Helens erupted, I think in 84 it was, Mm -hmm. um, that was studying the volcano. And they were telling him, like, hey, this thing's going to erupt any day. He's like, I think it's got a few weeks. And as he sent that fucking phone call or that message, uh, they were sending messages back then. Or as he finished that phone call, the fucking thing exploded, like, as he was fucking (laughs) hanging up. And he was uh, pretty much evaporated. When you're that close to it, that's what happens. So um, it's called Dark Quarter Pump. Pain. It's a concept album about you now it's in English, right? Uh yeah. Okay. I mean I can understand some Italian. So <laughs> Imagine if it was like fucking like just pure like, 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 like Andrea Bocelli fucking behind oh my like, God. Uh, like heavy metal guitars and shit. I wouldn't hate it. Like I I, I would have, we need like a translator kind of thing, but yeah. uh all right. This sounds interesting. I'm down. You know, it's not that long. It's uh it's forty seven minutes, uh it's six songs. Okay. Um, oh, so they do full on like, yeah, like eight to twelve minute songs. Well, the longest song is uh is nine minutes. Okay. That's, uh, a, that's, fa- the t- that's, that's a fair the Tracks, uh, uh, Vesuvius. Interesting. Okay, I'm down for this. And now I'll watch Pompeii too. <laughs> I will not watch that fucking movie. I, another one that should should have been so good. Like you figured they can make one good like that, but they can't. Um. All right, Josh, what'd you watch this week? Uh. So outside of Mank, I continued my How I Met Your Mother watch through. How far into it are uh, you? I'm almost done. I'm on season eight now. And you're just gonna skip the last episode or last season? Uh, I'm gonna just skip the last episode. Actually, you know, th- talking, thinking back to your. Uh, um, your your wedding food tasting sure. this weekend. I actually uh, I lifted a line when I had my wedding taste. Uh, okay. My wedding food tasting. I lifted a line from How I Met Your Mother. There's a there's an episode uh, where it's Marshall and Lily's wedding, and uh, Barney goes up to the guy at the uh, at the buffet who's like handing out. I don't. It doesn't matter what he's handing out, but he goes to him. Yeah, he's like, sure. Oh, can I get some of these? He's like, No, you can't have any of these. He comes back a little bit later. He's like, Can I get some of these? They're for the bride. <laughs> so I go up to the guy at the fucking slider station. I was like, Oh, can I take a whole tray? It's for the bride. And, <laughs> and he goes, it worked. And he he looks at me, he goes, this is a food tasting. So I turn around and go, it's for the brides. <laughs> the brides. And he looks at me and like, and I appreciate that he understood the reference. He looks at me and he goes, oh, so you used um, uh, some uh, meta comedy to, yeah. okay. Yeah, All so right. he looks at me and he All goes, right. you make a bad Barney Stinson, but you can have these. Okay, so if you did any other reference or just asked, he would have said no. Yeah. But because you were referencing a very popular show that he also watched. And it was like right around the time, like the show was still on at that point. Okay, know? it was coming close to the end though. Yeah, it, was like maybe, it, was like, it was like in season eight or season Maybe nine. they announced the last season was coming up or yeah. something. Um, what? Anything else or just that? Um, oh, fuck. I did watch something else. What was it? Shit. Well, Mandalorian, which we'll talk oh, about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch Euphoria? No, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard that there are some great messages and, uh, you know, really fantastic dialogue okay. throughout. <laughs> let, me, let me explain. So this isn't a spoiler. It's not a typical Euphoria episode. Sure. I, um, I it was, did not expect it It was filmed be. during quarantine. Yeah. And it's basically just Rue and her sponsor in a diner yeah. talking. But the dialogue is great. 
Anyone that calls them messages is a fucking asshole. It was very upfront about what it was saying. It wasn't like this subtle like thing like where Midsummer is about the ending of a relationship. Or Hereditary is about mental illness and grief where it's like kind of underlying issues. No, they, they, they lay it on the table. Her dad died. She's a drug addict. He was a drug addict. They're bonding over it. He's calling her, her bullshit. There's no message. There, 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 there is no message there. It's a conversation. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, but now we have to wait until January 24th for the second episode. I'm guessing part two is Jules. Uh, yes, and it was actually, I read, um, written by her as well, co-written and co-produced, which oh, cool. I think is interesting because her story I find very interesting, and I'm going to get called the fucking trans, uh, the non-PC word, tranny lover yeah. for this, and um, social justice warrior, but um, they actually showed her nude in this episode, like full frontal like nude, which oh. um, I was like... That's kind of ambitious. I mean, I, it is ambitious. I haven't seen anyone really do it to that extent on a major mainstream show. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it's crazy that they've given her... Uh, not crazy. I think it's cool they've given her this platform to kind of tell her story in her own way. And the fact that this guy that writes and directs it, I think his name is Dan uh, Evanson, something like that. Um, I, I'm probably butchering his fucking name. He takes some risks, and we've talked about that in Euphoria. The risks that show takes. They, they had a whole episode about dick pics. Yeah. Uh, there was there's been some dick where I just couldn't look at it. Can we get a Sydney Sweeney special episode? Just her. I, I agree. I, I I will be in euphoria. <laughs> Sydney Sweeney <laughs> makes Yankee fans euphorious. <laughs> Stupid. Um, so what what did I watch this week? I forgot to mention last week on Thanksgiving, um, as we were leaving the landlord's parents' house, she was like, all right, let's watch a Christmas movie. I was like, all right, which one? She goes... Do you want to watch Die Hard? <laughs> Fucking right I do. Yeah. So watch Die Hard. She actually liked it, which I was happy about. How can you not? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. And we've done I've done this with her a couple of times where she's like, I get it. She's like, it's a guy's movie. And yeah, that's a it's a dude's flick. But she's like, Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Alan Rickman fucking rules in that. Um then we watched uh, Ex Machina, which is a movie I gave Taylor on it, which is fucking incredible. Watch Sound of Metal. Still going through Brooklyn Nine Nine, watch Citizen Kane again. Um and so now let's get to Mandalorian. So, it was chapter 14 of Mandalorian, I believe, because there's only yep. two episodes left. Mm -hmm. um, and it had the return that I, I, you and I both thought of in season one in the episode when they go to Mos Eisley Cantina, and then um, they take off to go find, uh, track them down, and they, they kill the girl that was trying to kill them, so you think. And then someone walks up with, um, what are they called? Uh, spurs. Spurs on their shoes. And I was saying, like, the only person that ever had spurs on their fucking shoes was Boba Fett. They're on Tatooine. It's Boba Fett. It's fucking Boba Fett. And then we got the big tease in episode one of season two where it was clearly, it was Boba Fett or yeah. the actor that played Jango Fett in uh, the prequel, Attack of the Clones. And all the clones, I guess you could say. Um, and sure enough, we, we get to the planet where Ahsoka Tano told um, uh, the Mandalorian to take um, Grogu. <laughs> Uh, is that your ringtone? Yeah. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Who's calling you? Nobody. <laughs> All I hear is John Cena break in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stupid. That was dumb. So we get to the planet where Grogu has to take, uh, Mandalorian has to take Grogu, to, and he reaches out with the Force, and um, sure enough, as it's happening, 
Slave One pulls in, and I fucking mark out. Yep. I'm like, fuck yes. And for the first real time, we, you know, I'm not going to go to the whole breakdown, but we get to see Boba Fett in action. Yeah. And like you said, when he walks out with the fucking armor, mark the fuck out. Yeah, dude. And he wrecks shit. Mm-hmm. He just wrecks people. He's got fucking uh, missiles coming out of his fucking kneecap. Uh, he fucking blows up the ship. He goes, I was aiming for the other one. Had the one-liners. Um, and then Grogu gets taken. And you get to see him really fucking with stormtroopers using the force. So now I'm wondering where is this going? We got two episodes left. Yep. It was only a, it was the shortest episode of the season. Yep. It was only 32 minutes. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, which was awesome. Yeah, so good. He fucking rules. So now I'm wondering, okay, who's he, he clearly Yoda or Grogu reached out with the force for a while, right? Someone hurt, felt it, heard it, whatever. Who? I'm leaning more towards the Mace Windu theory. Ah, uh, dude, it'd be dope, but like, how do you keep I don't see them keeping Samuel L. Jackson a fucking secret. You know what I mean? Well, you know what? We were talking about that in the group chat, but he has kind of in the last like six months or so said, oh, George Lucas told me Mace Windu isn't dead. Yeah. And he he said it himself a couple times and more recent, not, not, not like over time, recently he said this stuff. Yeah. And you got to think about, it's not an actor, obviously, but they kept the Baby Yoda thing such a secret. No one yeah. knew what was going to happen in Mandalorian Season 1. They kept Yoda returning in The Last Jedi such a secret. And that, again, it's not an actor, it's a puppet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They kept Han coming back in Rise of Skywalker a secret. Yeah, that's true. So... It can be done, even if it's a one-off appearance. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, but it feels to me like they're setting it up for it to be a big surprise that will... Because we've had a few of those this season where we got things that we weren't expecting. You got Boba Fett in episode one, and then actual Boba Fett. You know, we knew Ahsoka Tano was coming, but we got her in way more of a, a Jedi fashion than we were expecting. Yeah. So who can it be? I don't think it's Luke. Luke is the easy one. Yeah. It, it could, in theory, the, the force ghost of... One Obi Wan Kenobi appear, considering you know he was on Coruscant, so Obi Wan knew who it was, yeah. um, and we know that he Ewan McGregor has been doing Obi Wan things, preparing for the series. Yeah. He looks like him now when you see him out there. I'm sure they've already done some pre production. Just an idea. I think ultimately it could be something like that and Ahsoka Tano because now she's been connected to him, yeah. feels it, and comes to help him. I don't know, though. I, the Razor Crest is gone. Boba Fett's in action. I like how you said we got the, the the baby face turn on Boba Fett, yeah. which we've only ever known him as a villain. Like The most action we ever saw Boba Fett in, realistically, was Shadows of the Empire. Yeah. And, you know, uh, and it's interesting to see like if the if the Windu theory pans out because now he's cur- his current status is hero, but... You know, what happens if fucking Mace Windu, who killed his dad, shows the fuck up? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's I didn't even consider that. That This is the motherfucker that killed my dad. And that actually gives me a little more belief in my theory now, because you could set up storylines for the next couple seasons, because I think ultimately that the idea of Boba Fett turning back because he is, that's what he is. Yeah. He's a bounty hunter. And... I don't know the world, the endless possibilities here, and it's clear that you know in the episode um, two episodes ago when you saw what looked like the Snoke clones in there, it was just like we thought in the beginning. It was the cloning and the the idea. They, I like how they didn't say midichlorians, but they said his M count. Yeah, I was like, all right, all right, I see what you're doing. So I'm I'm super pumped. It just keeps get. I don't know how it keeps getting better, but it does. You know, and this is the thing. People are not. they're using the Mandalorian as a vehicle while also making it a very good show. Because yeah. if you don't realize what they're doing with the Mandalorian about how they're going to spin the universe out from this I, show, I, you're an idiot. And I've, I already, think about this. Why, why would Taika Waititi get his own trilogy 
right after working on The Mandalorian. For sure. And having such close ties with Jon Favreau. For sure. I don't think it's going to be a long time before you see them kind of push Kathy Kennedy out and let Favreau take over. Or Filoni. Because those guys... Filoni, I think, is the main one. And I I think it could still be Kathleen Kennedy, you know, just business decisions. But telling these guys, all right. I'm not gonna. My hands are gonna be dry. Wet, dry of it. Mm-hmm. I'll just get the distribution done. Yeah. I'll do the business side of it, which clearly she's good at because it's still making a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um. But tell Filoni, Favreau, and Taika Waititi, and then you get some other creative young minds. And in then there. fucking. And then at some point, Kevin Feige's gonna come in. Yeah. Like come for sure, on, man. Jesus. And you think about the things that they're already trying to spin off. Um. There's already talk of a Cara Dune uh, spinoff series. Yeah. Which we'll see what the backlash of that looks like. Uh, of course. But they already kind of teased it about the forming of the New Republic. Yeah. Um. You, you. I just read today that the potential for a Boba Fett prequel to Mandalorian series about his exploits on Tatooine, and maybe not even just Tatooine because he has the Slave One clearly. Yeah. So we have some ideas, or if, depending on where this goes, it could be just Boba Fett after the Mandalorian kind of show. But that dude who has had a successful career but has never been like the main star of things, this is it, dude. You're Boba Fett. Yeah. You're the one of the most. Infamous characters in Star Wars that never really had anything to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? You were more in video games and comics and books. You were a lore, this figure no one really knew much about. So there's all this potential. And again, just the things you can world build here now. You have all this backstory you can go back to how the Darksaber got to uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Yep. Uh, I, I'm, I'm thrilled. It's just, I, I, I'm, I will defend the sequel trilogy to the death. I enjoy it. I love it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's aspects I would change. There's, but for the most part, I'm like, it's good. I don't care. I like the prequels and you know they what? suck. Like, here's the thing. You can't ever tell me the sequels are worse than the prequels. No, they're not. Here's my my official feelings on the on the prequels at this point is Disney bought the property. They needed you mean to make the sequels? No. Oh, I mean the prequels. Okay. Okay. Are you talking about I'm the pre- ta- I'm talking about the sequels. Okay. Oh, Did you I said, say prequels? You said prequels. Yeah. My bad. Okay. So, you know, Disney bought the property. They needed to make money off of it right away. They took the story and they said, "Okay, we're going to set it 30 years in the future, so we really can't, you know, Right off any expectations of yeah. what they did right after Revenge yeah, of the sure, Jedi. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And they made a couple of movies that made them a lot of fucking money. Yeah. You know, like, sure. The, are the stories what we wanted to see? Not necessarily. No, of course. Um, and, but... But it was cool. I enjoyed it. I love all the new characters. Kylo Ren was great. Kylo Ren was uh, great. Po- Adam, Dri- Adam Driver did a fantastic job for as sure. Kylo Ren. I like Ray. I like. I what think they Ray's did great. I think Ray's a great character. I think she's a great actress. The only thing I don't like about the whole trilogy is that you know John Boyega is a very good actor. Very good actor. And they really fucking didn't give him anything with no, him. You know they Finn did. They did more like with him in the Lego Star Wars Christmas special. Yeah. Which, by the way, you watched. It was great. I told you, dude. You thought I was crazy. Yeah. I How did. much fun was it? It was it was good, it dude. Was good. <laughs> I I'm telling you, watch Lego Batman, dude. As a Batman fan, you'll fucking love it, dude. Saruman's in it. Oh yeah, yeah. They bring in like all kinds of nerdum, like literally Saruman, the re- the the eye, oh. isn't it? Oh, Sauron. Rather, sorry, oh, Sauron. You, okay. Oh, excuse I thought, me, Sauron. I, I thought Sauron. you meant that Christopher Lee no, no. was like in it. I was no, like, wait, I'm was sorry. he alive Sa- still? No, Sauron is in it. The Eye of Sauron is in the fucking movie. You, Lego Batman is a lot of fucking fun. It's, um, but yeah, so Pump for Mandalorian. Um, you had some news in the world of boxing this week. Yes, we did. So, Several bits of news. So the first one is that it sounds like Tyson Holyfield 3 is going to happen. Yep. Um. I, you know, I said this to you in the group chat. I don't think it's going to make the same kind of money that the Roy Jones one did. I don't know, dude. It might. It might. You know, it, it like, could. Like, it if you could. Think about like, okay, so Tyson Jones was just okay. Tyson's coming out of retirement. You know, Roy Jones is coming out of retirement. That's cool. 
Tyson Holyfield three is a, there's a story. I, there there is a story, but, but there's but, not because these guys are fine now and they're friends now. And I think now that the the kind of took the uh, the wrapping paper off of the Mike Tyson return. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it, it how many times can you do it? And also, I I know people are gonna like to hear this. Jake Paul had something to do with the amount of pay-per-view buys. Yeah, a little And bit. if he's on it, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. If it just ends up being a boxing card with Tyson Holyfield and Tyson isn't a fucking psychopath, is yeah, the lore there? This is, a different, this is a different Mike Tyson. Uh, you know, he's not going to be eating his heart. He's not going to be eating his children. Um, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same kind of story. People might... You know, go crazy for it over the nostalgia, uh, you know, aspect of it. Of the, you yeah, know, this fight yeah, was sure iconic. The ear thing, the the fucking outrageous, crazy speech that Tyson gave. But it's not the same no, fight. It's, it's not the same Mike. And these guys are friends now. Like no, you said. and I mean Holyfield is a little punchy too. Like he's taken a lot of beatings in his day, a lot of head trauma. He would got to remember he was a light heavyweight that moved up to heavyweight and was fighting bigger dudes and winning. So, I mean, listen, there's an appeal factor here. I'm not denying that. I'm certainly going to watch it. I'm certainly not going to pay for it. But the big the big announcement, you know, people always ask me, like, do you like boxing? I love boxing. I grew up on boxing. Way before UFC was a mainstream sport, boxing was on every weekend in my house. And Floyd Mayweather, arguably the greatest boxer of all time. I don't agree with that, but you can argue it. He's on fifty and zero, undefeated. Um, definitely the highest grossing boxer of all time. He's having an exhibition bout against Logan Paul. You know, when I read the news, like when you first sent it, was the first time I saw it, and, and I read—I was making it up. No, I read it. I didn't realize it was Logan Paul. Not I Jake. It was Jake Logan. Paul, and I was like, "All right, I guess." And then I realized it was Logan, and I was like, "Okay, what well, he's going just on? as famous." Um, yeah, but Jake actually kind of fights. Well, Logan boxed. He fought uh, the rapper KSI twice, I think. Oh yeah. And he wanted to fight. Uh, he was the one that wanted to fight Antonio Brown. He's he's training with his brother, like he. He's training, but he also outweighs Floyd Mayweather by like forty pounds. Yeah. And what is, like, listen, I, I will go to the, people get mad about me. They get mad about me saying this. Floyd Mayweather is broke. Yeah. Or he's just trying to pad his record, but it doesn't even count. It's an exhibition. Right. Imagine and he gets fucking just clipped. <laughs> like, that'll be on his highlight. Dude, but he's not going to. No. Unless he comes in completely out of shape. And even, he, dude, the rumors are, the, the legend is about the Conor McGregor fight. I don't know how much I buy this, that he didn't spar at all. He just did mitts and the bag and the speed bag for Conor McGregor. And Conor McGregor's a real fighter. Yeah. A real athlete, and these guys are athletic. I'm not denying that, but he's an actual fighter. Yeah. He's fought the top level of competition in his sport. He wasn't fighting KSI and Nate Robinson. <laughs> I, I just, I, Floyd just makes him. It just makes everything look stupid. And I can't, I can't say that entirely as a UFC fan who like. CM Punk fight twice in the UFC, who had no business fighting. Right. What do you want, dog? I hear you bitching and moaning. Um. I don't know. I'm not paying for that. Did you see how they released the pay-per-view structure for it, too? No. If you buy it now, within the next two weeks, I think, $24.99 or $29.99. After that, it's $39.99. And then if you wait till the day of the pay-per-view or the week of the pay-per-view, it's $60. So, uh, okay, it, it's a, it's a very smart idea on create. I actually think it's a very interesting idea on creating demand because he's even selling it as like stream tickets. Yeah, 
it's an interesting business model because you can get people that, you know, they, like, two months out, whatever. Oh, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to watch it. And then they forget they have plans, and they just paid 30 bucks for something. Most pay-per-views you buy the day of. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think I've ever ordered a pay-per-view in advance. Wrestling, MMA, boxing, nothing like that. So... Uh, I don't know. This is stupid. Like, Floyd, if he doesn't... I mean, I think it'll be hard for him to knock the guy out because of the weight difference. Right. But Floyd... He's also probably not going to try. He's probably not going to try. He's not going to train. I just... It's embarrassing because boxing has so many, like, nice young stars right now that no one, like you, who doesn't really follow boxing, knows about. Yeah. And it's not even, you know... It's just because of what boxing was and then what it became, and it's hard to follow now. Yeah, you know, like I'm watching, I'm watching boxing almost fucking religiously. When you guys, like, when you got guys like fucking Arturo Gotti and Mickey Gall, yeah, Mickey, Mickey Mickey Gall, Mickey Gall. So you're gonna see a punk, <laughs> see a punk. Yeah. Mickey mind. Ward, Mickey Ward, Roy Jones Jr., uh, Roy Jones Jr. Dude, uh, you know, fucking, Prince Nassim back in the day came out on a magic carpet fucking, and shit. Fucking Ricky Hatton, yeah, you know. R- uh, Ricky Fat Man. <laughs> uh, but even the Manny Pacquiao at the time, Juan Ma- Manuel Marquez, Oscar De La Hoya, yeah, dude. um. You you had so many of these guys, and you had great stars now in Triple G and Canelo Alvarez. Um, you had a really good fight with Earl Spence and Danny Garcia this weekend. Um, in heavyweight, you got Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. That's, and, that's, but that's really it. <laughs> I know. That's really it. Especially heavyweight. That's all there is. That's, know, like Those two guys, how many times are they going to fight? I mean, they're going to fight a third time at some point. Yeah. It's, it's been twice now. One time with draw. Second time was uh, Fury dominated. Um, Anthony Joshua is a good young heavyweight, but he's lost a fight. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's just a shame because it doesn't get marketed the right way. The stars don't get pushed the right way. It, what uh, what it's really lacking is a great American heavyweight yeah. sport. You know, when your your biggest stars over the last. 20 years in boxing have been smaller guys. Yeah, you know, it's Mayweather, been De La Hoya. De La Hoya was Pacquiao. a... Mayweather didn't become... You know, a, a lot of these guys aren't even American. Correct. I mean, De La Hoya was great to have because he was a um, Mexican boxing champion, and that goes a long, long way. Um, Mayweather didn't become a star. He was already the greatest boxer alive when he fought Oscar De La Hoya. He was on a pay-per-view draw until he fought Oscar De La Hoya. Yeah. And Manny Pacquiao was a bigger draw for than Mayweather for a long, long time. It was after that fact when the target became Mayweather and he was so arrogant and hateable. Mm-hmm. That's when he became a star. Yeah. Because we know that douchebag personalities sell in all these sports. And boxing doesn't have that guy right now. Right. I know Jake Paul said that God put me on this earth to be the next Floyd Mayweather. I saw that this week. Dude, box a boxer, please. I will listen. If he goes in there with a boxer, even if the guy has like a ten and zero record, um, and he beats him, I will be impressed. Please box somebody that boxes, not fucking Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson was a solid NBA player, but I've said a hundred times on here, there is no athlete I want in my corner less in a fight than an NBA player unless it's Meta World Peace. Would you want a basketball player in your corner? No. I know they, they released betting odds on if Colby Covington and LeBron James fought. What would ha- Colby Covington would kill him. I don't care how big and how much of a freak athlete LeBron James is. Colby's an actual fighter. You can't. And yes, if you put Colby on a basketball court to go one-on-one with LeBron James, it would go very badly for him. But I don't know. I'm not paying for that. We'll stream it illegally like we always do. Yes, sir. Certainly. Um, let's see what I have here. They added a new sport to the Olympics, Josh. Okay. Okay, so it's a well-known thing. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to say it right away. Mm-hmm. It's a well-known thing that's been around for a while. I would say this thing blew up in maybe the late 80s, early 90s. Is activity. I, I don't think it's a sport. I don't think you will consider it a sport. Bowling? Not bowling. Golf? 
It's not. It's not. You're not even in the right realm. Okay. It's an activity that darts involves a lot of moving, a lot of moving, spinning. You might say, um, um, dance, Zumba. I don't. Oh, they're know. on the right track, dance. But what kind of dancing? Think about spinning on your head. Break dancing. <laughs> Break dancing. Twenty twenty four is an Olympic sport. I'm not kidding. I how many times I have to rant in the show that certain things aren't sports. They can be very very difficult, but it's not a sport. You love guns. I don't think shooting is a sport. It's a very difficult acquired skill. Right. To be very good at. And there's obviously levels where you could see some of those where they were. What are you growling at? Do you want to come up on my lap, stupid? Come here. You're gonna just ruin everything. I know. And you're going to hear my dog chewing at me. But breakdancing is not a sport. Like, I'm sorry. It, it's, it looks really hard to do. I wouldn't want to do it. But uh, will you watch that in the Olympics? No. Do you ever watch the Olympics in general? Not really. I think everyone kind of tuned in when Michael Phelps was going for, like, all those medals. They're like, oh, he's going for the last one. You're like, like, wow, he did it. But you didn't watch any of the ones he won before that. I will watch the very last basketball game, and that's about it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Hold on. I got to see. What do you want to do? All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Olympics is in, uh, breakdancing is in the Olympics. Um, all right. So, Josh, the big news that you teased before. Yeah. Marvel announced something today. They did. No, it's several somethings today. Go ahead, please. You take uh, it away. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, we got the announcement that Jamie Foxx would be returning to uh, reprise his role as Electro, Electro in Spider-Man 3. And then earlier today, we got news that the great Alfred Molina would be reprising his role as probably the one of the top Marvel villains of oh, any... Oh, my testicles! <laughs> so the dog just stepped on Dan's nuts. <laughs> Uh, that's what we're dealing with here. <laughs> Full on weight. I'm a balls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so if you look at all the Marvel properties from Fox to Disney to, you know, whoever owns whatever else bullshit there is out there, <sighs> I think a lot of people will say that uh, Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 was one of the best yeah, villains um, Marvel has produced. Yeah, he he's, I first, a great actor. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite role of his will always be Boogie Nights at the end when he's there with, like, a clearly, like, an underage, like, Vietnamese boy prostitute who's just setting off firecrackers, and he, he's listening into a uh, motor yep. <laughs> um but doc ock was so good because he was the way a villain should be like willem dafoe in the first one incredible right yep. but the best villains and this was my issue with the middle like the middle third of the mcu was all the villains became dime a dozen rather than being understandable and relatable and the idea of doc ock that he was this tragic fallen figure that had the right ideas but this accident happens and his wife dies, and he loses everything. He was incredible. Like that scene when he goes, "Tell me where Spider-Man is, or I'll peel the flesh from her bones." Like it's, and he just delivers it so well. Like I might watch it tonight. Yeah. Like I, I, I love that. My only issue with Spider-Man Two is the last scene when Kirsten Dunst is running away in her wedding dress. It's a little cheesy, but yeah, I, I'm so excited for what they're going to be able to do with this. Yes, yeah. and I hope Bruce Campbell's in it. Oh, he's got to be. He's got to be. And they should cut to one of the scenes where it's Sam Raimi filming one of the Spider-Man movies and Bruce Campbell is the one behind the camera. Like, there, there's so many opportunities here. There, I think you could get surprises. Like, you could see Willem Dafoe in it. Yep. You could see James Franco in it. Yep. Hopefully not Kirsten Dunst because I'm done with her. Uh, okay, so sorry to disappoint you. The She's second in- part of the news. Uh, this came out about three hours ago uh, via IGN. Uh, Tobey Maguire... Andrew Garfield and Kirsten Dunst and 
uh, Emma Stone, Emma Stone, have all been confirmed to be reprising their roles as Peter Parker's. And Gwen Stacy and Mary Jane Watson. Okay. I was mostly joking with the Kirsten Dunst thing. Um, I was mostly saying that because she hasn't been in anything relevant in a long time. Right. But she was great as Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, it That's really cool. Um, it's kind of what we've been hoping for. You know, it's they're trying to capture the wave of what Into the Spider-Verse was. So the thing that I like about this, or the thing that I really love about this is that you know we knew Spider-Man 3 was coming we knew John Watts would be directing but mm-hmm. all of this stuff did not start coming out until Sam Raimi signed on to be a part of the MCU yeah that's a good point so I, I hope that um, you know clearly the whole Spider-Verse is happening like it, it's without question and you know with the the multiverse of madness that you have with uh, Doctor Strange happening all right Lacey you're going bye-bye she stepped all over my balls like five minutes ago it was really great he yelled <laughs> She's kind of been going nuts for the last like 15 minutes. All right. Bye, landlord. Bye, Lacey. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's really cool. I mean, I think that most of those cameos will probably be like small in stature besides Maguire and Garfield, most yeah. likely. But, you know, what you're going to do is you're going to more that Garfield is just, you know, he's kind of a bridge, but Toby, too, because I know some people that still like, they're like, Toby Maguire's my Spider Man. It'll bridge the gap between Tom Holland, who is the best Peter Parker, yeah. to from Toby Maguire, who was a 30 year old Peter Parker in high school. Yeah. But uh, when is that supposed to be like done, like coming out? Do uh, we I know? Think 2022. So. I really kind of like what they're doing here. I think that you're kind of starting to see, you know, at least get an idea from, like, casting decisions and and, uh, different things you're hearing about the different uh, shows and and movies that are coming out. Is that kind of starting to put other heroes into the roles that Steve Rogers and Tony Stark uh, occupied. And it kind of seems to me that uh, Doctor Strange is going to be the new Tony Stark, so to speak. As he should. You know, the witty... Uh, comical linchpin that Which, holds everything together. Dude, Benedict Cumberbatch rules. Yeah. He's fucking great. Um, a Doctor Strange, the first time I saw it, I liked it. The second time, I fucking loved it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the only scene that, scene that I didn't love is like the, the hospital ghost scene when yeah. he was like out of the body kind of thing, but I understand its relevance. It was great, though. It was great. And now that you have Sam Raimi doing it, and it's supposed to be more of like a little horror theme, yeah. I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped. I, I'm excited that I'm kind of getting back into the MCU stuff. Like, WandaVision's not that far off. No, it's only a couple of weeks Away. And that's another thing. Like he's apparently uh, going to be at some point featured in the show. Who Benedict? Yeah, uh, because she is supposedly going to be the main villain of um, who? Who? Scarlet Witch. Oh, okay. She's supposedly going to be the main villain of uh, Multiverse of Madness. Uh, Interesting. And also, um, Multiverse of Madness is supposed to be where. Um, where Loki comes back into the prime timeline cool. uh, because well, because there's a Loki series coming as well. There's a Loki series coming as well, so you're gonna see you're gonna see Doctor Strange pop up in a lot of stuff. You're gonna see him probably pop up in WandaVision. You're probably gonna see him pop up in Loki uh, because the prevailing theory, obviously, they're very good about keeping things under wraps in the MCU. But the prevailing theory is that Jane Foster is gonna get Mjolnir from. The Loki timeline. Okay. Okay. Very cool because, I mean, I'm really hyped for that because it's Taika Waititi. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw the pictures of Chris Hemsworth on set. He's fucking huge. Yeah, but he's huge because of Hulk Hogan. Because right of Hulk now. Hogan, but still he's huge. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I, I read that they filmed the first WandaVision episode in front of a live audience, too. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So it's supposed to be like the old, like, I said it looks like Leave it to Beaver, but I think it's cool that knowing that it's going to get this weird, that they're not showing you much in the trailers. Like, mm-hmm. it seems like it's just like the sitcom kind of thing. Well, you know, it, it, 
they've got to, at some point, something's got to give uh, with Black Widow because Black Widow's holding up phase four. Uh, because, well, I just saw Florence Pugh got cast in um, the Hawkeye series, exactly. So, that's 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 indicate that to me that indicates that she's going to be a major part going forward. There was someone but, else on the set of the Hawkeye series just recently, too, seen in their full costume. Yeah, uh, who the fuck was it? Uh, hold on, I'll look it up. You keep going. Um, you know, so that the fact that she's cast in Hawkeye is is, is a major indicator she's going to be a big part going forward. And the reason why I recently read up that uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier is a hundred percent ready to go. Yeah, I'm, but I'm, they can't release it because oh, Haley Steinfeld is uh, in um, yeah. Hawkeye, who I love. Um, but they can't release it because it gives away major Black Widow details. Yeah, and it seems like Florence Pugh is going to have a huge head. She's going to be the new Black Widow, more or less. I fucking hope so. Uh, well. I lo- I love her. I I fucking love her. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's cool to see. I think that uh, I could end up being into more of the series than I am the movie. I'll, I'll still watch the movies. Dude, the way that the way that Disney has produced the Mandalorian, I'm okay with everything they want to do on Disney Plus with Marvel. Yeah, I mean, it's you can't go wrong. I mean, the way the Mandalorian is knocked out of the park has me hyped for the Cassian Andor series. Obviously, the Boba Fett series or the the Obi Wan series, and who knows what else they're gonna do. Yeah. I think they're gonna eventually release some kind of epic Star Wars series mm-hmm. in the vein of like a Game of Thrones. That's where you do the Old Republic. That's how you do the Old Republic. Right. I mean, if you really want to do it, because when you look at what the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic was, it was a Game of Thrones kind of story mm-hmm. where you could have these betrayals and these epic villains and these epic characters. That's how you do it. Uh, but really cool Marvel news that came out. Um, I am going to watch either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, came out on video on demand today. The uh, recut of the Godfather Three. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Coda. Um, the death of Michael Corleone. I actually have a friend that got a screener of it. He said it is a significantly better movie. Mm-hmm. He he said that if this was released, he goes, it's not one and two. What the fuck is? I mean, you could argue. I, I, we talk about Citizen Kane being no worse than the second best movie of all time in American history. For me, Godfather one and two are one movie, and they're the best. Right. It's it's it, it, Raging Bull's right in that combo for me too but three I think I you know the, the episode of The Sopranos with the rapper um, that they that wants to get his songs back from Hesh or the songs of his friend or whatever uh, what was his name um, Massive Genius Massive Genius he he talks to Christopher about the, uh, the Godfather 1 Godfather 2 he goes Godfather 3 I think is misunderstood I don't think it's a bad movie right it, it's it, it's flawed it's flawed in the sense that the story... In the sense that he shouldn't have cast his daughter. Well, he, you know, it wasn't supposed to be his daughter. Really? It was supposed to be Winona Ryder. Oh. Um, but she dropped out at literally the 11th hour. Uh, I, I don't know what the hang-up was, but she made it up to him when she was in his Dracula movie, which is fantastic, with Gary Oldman. Uh, so his daughter's in it. She has some scenes cut out. Uh, she's They said that she's not as bad in this one because of how it's cut. But the big thing is in it, it's four minutes shorter than the original. Mm-hmm. The, the beginning of the movie is completely different, and the ending of the movie is completely different. A scene that was in the middle of the movie is at the beginning of the movie. A scene that was in the beginning of the movie is towards the end of the movie. It's more or less, it's the same film at heart, but it's a completely different structure. Yeah. And again, it, I don't think it's that bad. It's just, if it was called anything besides Godfather 3, it probably is looked at completely differently. Yeah. Andy Garcia is great in that movie. He is fucking great. What was his name in that? Uh, he was Sonny's bastard son, whatever. Yeah, uh, Vincenzo. Vincenzo, yeah. Um, the scene when he yeah. kills the dude on horseback is fucking great in that movie. Now he's So Francis Ford Coppola, he's like, I'm done with the Godfather after this, because the property reverted back to the studio, and Andy Garcia's coming out, and he's like, I'd love to help make another Godfather movie. I don't like, listen, it, it, that's tough ter- terrain to go on when yeah. you think about it, it laid the template for almost every American epic after that. 
And I wouldn't be I would still watch it because the the lore of the Corleone family is so interesting to me and if you could use I you can't really use Pacino he's dead because yeah. this one he's not he's still dead in this one it's called Godfather Coda the death of Michael Corleone like he's dead yeah but I'm going to watch this I have to. It's like in my blood that I have to watch Godfather 3, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so that I added it to my Plex if you don't want to buy it. Um, we've been talking a lot about aliens lately. Yes. So there was some new alien news that came out yesterday. I saw. This is weird. All right, go ahead. Explain. All right, so this, uh, and it's not a nobody. It's the fucking former minister of, like, science and some other... Science post- and space. Science and space from Israel. Yeah. Um, and he came out and he said that... Aliens are here. There's an there's like a united fucking federation of aliens like Star Trek. They've come to Earth before. They've met and signed agreements with the world governments uh, that they could come here and experiment. They can come here and experiment. Um, like sexually, and, <laughs> they should be Kaluchi. Uh, and apparently, Trump has almost told the world several times. Well, not remotely surprising. Like I just picture him like on Twitter at like three in the morning, and he just starts tweeting Mars attacks drifts. <laughs> Imagine if Kofi V was like a fucking Kofi. coded message. Oh my god! <laughs> like Dave Chappelle when he was the black president with aliens, <laughs> and then when he's doing Deep Impact, uh, the cure for AIDS. <laughs> Sorry about last. <laughs> um, yeah, it's cool, man. Like I, I, we've talked about it a thousand times on this show that we believe in aliens. We believe most of the stuff. There's been more monoliths popping up, and at this point, I think some of them are imposters. But there's been a couple that have appeared and disappeared. Like I've lost track of them at this point. Yeah. But um, basically, they don't think humans are ready to handle it is the main reason. Right. Um, the aliens, I guess, think that, and I'm assuming our government. But they, the guy also said that humans have been to Mars. Which is fucking crazy yeah. that we have a base on Mars, I think was one of the things he said. Or they have a base on Mars? There's an underground base on Mars that is cohabitated by humans and aliens. Uh, and didn't really say it, but he said that it's only the United States. Which leads you to believe that the Challenger disaster and some of these other disasters are not real. And those astronauts might be the ones... Are you Pete Carroll? <laughs> <laughs> um, so to that, be, uh, you know what? Actually, wait, so I kind of I kind of showed my hand a little bit. This was going to be my fucking. <laughs> this was going to be my Pete Carroll. Wait, thing so later. let me let me ask you. You just said that the the Challenger disaster wasn't real. That they staged the disaster because they he wa- did not say this. But he the way the way that he said it. I, the only thing that came to my mind of how could they have done this without with people just you know going missing is they had real astronauts and they sent them there and they made us think that they were never coming back either that or there's just some kind of shadow thing where there's people you know like CIA deep operatives that you would never know their name or face anyway and they're the people well, that get I would I would think the idea is because if you you know you could believe in the the science we know and things like aliens, right? And mm-hmm. interdimensional travel and going to other galaxies and shit like that. Both, you don't have to believe one to disbelieve the other, right? Right. So I would think that if there was something like an underground bunker on Mars that the al- aliens, if they got here, they also gave us some type of technology that could get people there without it being a fucking liftoff kind of thing. Right. Like, you know, like beam me up Scotty kind of bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. I would think that could be plausible if it, you know, if that is a, if even in another galaxy, aliens, whatever, if that's a plausible technology. 
I would, I mean, because you can't fucking launch off into space without everyone seeing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I was down in Florida, when they were bringing shuttles back from space, you felt them. Yeah. You can't hide that shit. No. So I, I, I'm just interested, like the timing of this, this guy saying this, because the monolith stuff is happening. We've had so much confirmed things by our own government. I'd love to hear Bob Lazar's take on all this. Yeah. I, it's just hard to get him in front of a camera. Yeah. But. You know, they another picture just came out of UFO a UFO yesterday uh, that the Pentagon released. That I don't know if you saw that. It's crazy. No, it's fucking crazy. So this guy, I don't know. I don't think you would just come out and say this stuff. It's not like it's some guy that was in charge of health that came out and said something about aliens. It's a dude who works specifically in the realm of space travel. Correct. Yeah. It's. Uh, I feel like we're gonna find it. we're gonna see something soon. Like we're gonna get some kind of confirmed thing soon. Doesn't it feel like that more and more? It kind of does, yeah. Like, and especially with the way this year has been, like the the, the monolith thing, uh, you know, again, that could very easily be a hoax or a marketing ploy, which would be a hoax in theory. I don't know, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm very excited. And I'm very intrigued because I I do, it does feel like at the bare minimum, we're gonna find out something in our lifetime. Yeah. And while well, I say find something out, it, I don't know if it's found something out when we've believed it for so long. Like, there's never been a point in my life where I didn't believe that in extraterrestrial life. I no, I I think I I know people that are very religious are like, well, that would disprove God. And I say, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I'm a I'm a religious person. I'm spiritual at the bare minimum, but I'm a religious person. The idea that you're so arrogant to think that God, in His infinite wisdom whatever God you want to believe in for that matter only created you and this world and you're, that that is one of the most arrogant things you could think of that well he didn't mention in the Bible it's like who's to say that they the, didn't mention fucking space in the Bible no that is very much there yes exactly uh, well they don't, you gotta remember a lot of these religious people don't think space is real also yeah, yeah. that's that they really don't they think that it would disprove God but who's to say that God that can see and do anything and everything didn't create multiple worlds for different types of beings to live and the rule sets can be different on each one. The morals remain the same, but their their legends and their stories are different. Like I, I just think that the, the hubris you have to have to think that God only made rules for us as humans is stupid. That is fucking stupid. But they, these people also don't believe animals have souls. And I've had dogs and cats. They have a fucking spirit. You know what I mean? Right. So we're going to find something out in our lifetime. And I hope I'm here to see it. Um, or I hope they kidnap me. Do some experiments with me. Now, let me ask you. Alien comes here, right? Yeah. It's a hot broad. Oh, my God. <laughs> Would you have sex with an alien? I don't know, dude. It depends on, like, I don't know what the parts look like. The alien can shape, shift into anything, right? You find, you, like, let me Heather get... Heather Locklear? Heather Locklear. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but realistically, like, so an alien comes up to you, and they're like, you can have sex with this alien. There's no risk of venereal disease. It's moist. <laughs> She gives great head. This is stupid. No, just listen. Just listen right with me. If you want to save the world, we're going to destroy the planet unless you have sex with this alien. Do you do it? You know, you know what it kind of harkens to to me? Okay. Uh, the the very first episode of Black Mirror. Okay. Yeah. When he has to fuck, fuck the pig. Fuck the pig. Wait, you're comparing a hot alien to a pig? Because it's an alien. It's a shapeshifter. Its natural form could be a pig. It could be, but it's a hot broad. Like it looks like in uh, that moment, it looks like Haley Altwell. 
Looks like Allison Brie. It looks like, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> hi, this is Dan from New Jersey. <laughs> hi, Allison Brie. It's me, Dan from New Jersey. <laughs> she still hasn't replied. I'm well, surprised she hasn't been blocked yet, to be honest. I, I, she probably thinks I'm a psycho. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep going with it. I should just, hi, Allison Brie. It's me, Dan from New Jersey. Can you block Dan Colucci? <laughs> I, I should do that. Um, I would have sex with an alien, even if it didn't look like a hot girl. Like, if they're like, you have to fuck this alien. Like, it looks like one of the... Martin Short almost banged one in Mars Attacks. He got yeah, his finger true. bit off. Yeah. I mean, listen, how many times people said they get fucked an alien? Would you rather fuck the alien or get fucked by the alien? I guess that's a good point. Yeah, so you'd fuck the alien, you fucking creep. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you getting cyberpunk on Friday? Um... I don't know. I've heard uh, yes. stuff about it being buggy, so I, I might, heard it's I might wait a little while. Very glitchy is what I'm understanding. Mm -hmm. um, little controversy, little controversy around the game, Josh. People are upset. Why? Well, you could play as a man or a woman, but there's no option for a non-binary character. I thought there was. <laughs> no, there's non-binary, uh, non-playable characters in the game. Okay, but you can only be. There's no option. I saw someone complain. There's no option for they or them. <laughs> Are we this close to getting game options where it's he, are you male, female, they, them? I don't care. <laughs> I know. I don't care either. Like, like, I get, you know what? If, if you want to be inclusive, go ahead and throw it in there. Yeah. I The, the thing I read that the complaint was, was that you put non-binary, uh, non-playable characters, but you didn't put in an option to play as that kind of character. And I just thought, ugh. Is this what we're going to grade games on now? Their level of inclusivity? No. I'm sorry. But I, I'm i going to wait because of the glitches. Yeah. Until I get a PS5, and by that time... Uh, so, actually, that's that's a, that's another thing. Uh, it's not going to be uh, a PS5 game the day it comes out. It's a PS4 game that you can play via backwards compatibility. Oh, so there won't be upgrade. a huge difference from... Uh, so the load times will be different, and the resolution will be slightly better. But the th it won't take full advantage of the PS5 power until they release a PS5 upgrade, not update. Uh, gotcha. If you buy it now, the upgrade will be free. But I'm just going to wait until they do the upgrade, because why would I want to play the PS4 version of yeah, the game yeah. now and then never actually experience the PS5 version? Because I will tell you this. I will not play this game again. Yeah. I, I don't really do second playthroughs on a lot of games. You know, like, it, it's if the game was not made by Bethesda, I will not play it twice. Okay, and that's exactly why I didn't get the new Spider-Man, because I know it might be... Like, I could see myself replaying the first Spider-Man game that came out a couple years from now. Yeah. I could see myself going back, oh, that was fun, let me play that again. I thought about getting the PS5 remaster of the first Spider-Man, but then I was like, why? It's just going to look a little different. It's, like it's, it's gonna... on a significant enough difference to justify it. Right. Like, I remember when um, the PS4 came out, and they, they thankfully they rectified this, but I bought Madden for the PS4, even though I had it on the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Mm -hmm. And the difference between the two was so insignificant, and it didn't play as well on the PS4. Yeah. And they should they, it should have been an instant upgrade if you owned it, which is what they're doing now. Like, if I, when I get my PS5, I will be able to play Madden. On the on the PS5, and bring all over my mutt stuff, my yeah. entire team. But yeah, I'll, I'm gonna hold off on Cyberpunk until I get the PS5 and the glitches are fixed. You know, I heard I heard specifically the last the third act of the game is obscenely glitchy to the point that it's 
funny, yeah. and I don't think it's supposed to be. Yeah, I'm just gonna wait. You know, besides, I'm still I'm doing a full playthrough of uh, Valhalla. You know, I'm doing all the yeah, yeah. stuff. So like, I've still got plenty of hours left in that. Uh, and when I'm done with that, I'm gonna play Watch Dogs Legion. You know, I was so disappointed with the first Watch Dogs. I was really hyped for it. I loved the first Watch Dogs. I hated the second one. I heard I the heard second one. I good. heard the second one. I don't think the first one was bad. It just wasn't what I wanted, mm -hmm. and I thought that it just was like a missed opportunity to be even better. And then the second one, I was like, oh, maybe they fixed it. And then I just heard it was ass. Yeah, it sucked. Um, I played the first, like, 10 hours of it. And I said, what the fuck? I'm not finishing this. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I have not played another game besides Madden. I played Starfighter, the Star Wars game a little bit. Yeah. Which, once I'm done with Madden, I'll really go through that and play it. Um, I heard it's, like, one of the hardest games to play online. I heard it's, like, obscenely hard to play online. What, uh, Squadrons? Yeah. I haven't tried. Yeah, I, the story was cool when I played a little bit of it. It was pretty cool. It was fun. I liked that. I felt. I feel like that game would be great in VR. Oh yeah, like it's made for VR. Like I would puke everywhere. I would puke everywhere. Um, the last couple things I have here. Uh, so we talked about the HBO Max uh, Warner Brothers deal. It's in a it's in a weird bit of jeopardy right now for two movies specifically, uh, Godzilla and Dune. And Dune is supposed to be coming out next week, I think. Really? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me double check the release date on Dune. But uh, Dune and Godzilla are in a little bit of danger because the company that actually fronted most of the money for it, uh, Legendary Pictures, uh, Dune release date 2020. I think it's coming out soon. One second. Yeah, December 18th. Oh, wow. Um, Legendary Pictures fronted over 75% of the funds for the making of these movies, and they weren't told about the deal until 30 minutes before it was announced to the public. Uh -oh. So they're trying to bring up legal options right now. There's a possibility they send a cease and desist and say, can't do it. Mm. Um, I hope there's an agreement. I, I Listen, if there's not, I said I'm going to go see Dune and IMAX either way. Yeah. But Godzilla, I would like to see in the theater. It's not as imperative for something like Dune. I actually really liked uh, the last Godzilla. It was King, great. King Godzilla, of the Monsters. Of the Monsters. Was, it was awesome. Yeah. It was fucking dumb. Yeah. Like, the story was so just like, all right, here it is. And Monsters fought. I was fucking down. Yeah, dude. It was great. Charles Dance was in it. Yeah, dude. It was great. I liked the one with Brian Cranston. It was fun. Oh, the first one was awesome. It like, was Legitimately great movie. movie. And Kong Skull Island was fucking great. I didn't watch Skull Dude, Island. Dude, you will love Skull Island. Okay. It is it's John C. Riley, yeah. Samuel Jackson, and Loki. Like, all right, fair it's, enough, yeah. dude, it is so much fun. And what's cool about it is they they're, they just leaked some images of King Kong versus Godzilla. So that takes place during, like, Vietnam, Kong Skull Island. Mm -hmm. And they've been releasing comic books since then to show that Kong has gotten bigger. Because he's only, like, a teenager, I guess, in Kong Skull Island. Yeah. So now he's, like, a fucking, the King Kong, you know? Yeah. I'm hyped. I love the monster movie. Give yeah, it dude, to me. Dude, you know what? Like, I might watch the old Godzilla they're, they're all King Kong. On, they're all on HBO Max. All the Godzilla movies. Yeah. All of them. Dude, they're great. They're great. Some of them are really bad, and they're mm -hmm. great. I love them. Um, the last thing I have here is China is making super soldiers. I Okay, here's my first thought. is like, <laughs> we haven't tried to do that before. Like, it doesn't exist. That we don't know about? Come on. Well, not here's the thing. Not yet. Did, uh, I, dude, are you familiar with CRISPR at all? No. CRISPR is a, a gene modification technology that is um, to the point where they're able to remove and manipulate the genes that would cause things like cancer, diabetes, uh, all these different types of like genetic diseases. Um, we're to the point where they think that they'll be able to take a woman that's pregnant, change the DNA in the baby, in the fetus, to determine its eye color, its hair color, 
and its gender. Mm-hmm. So with CRISPR, the idea would be is that you could potentially change the gene to make them a super soldier. Right. Um, it's a very interesting technology that it's very young and controversial, but the idea is if it can remove the gene that causes things like cancer, would be amazing. That would be a fucking incredible achievement in human history with no cure for it. If you at a young age, you can have, or in, in the womb, the gene is just, all right, you will never get cancer. That's the cure. That's secure. But when it comes to building things like super soldiers, I mean, I think at some point in human history, there will be some kind of technology. It's like, oh, you want to be 6'6 and 290 pounds of shredded muscle? Like Gattaca. Gattaca. I mean, we actually have something to make super soldiers. It's called steroids. Like Brock Lesnar is a super soldier. (laughs) Like, come on. All right. Why don't we get to our football picks? I have Taylor's. Um, Josh, you had a very good week last week. You went. Um, well, there's one more game to be played uh, tonight. The Ravens and Cowboys. You took the Cowboys. Taylor and I took the Ravens. But as of now, you have a four-game lead on on uh, me. Um, and you have a five-game lead on Taylor. I have a one-game lead from the Fifty Shades uh, shit stakes um, because that's what his tweet made me die on Sunday. I'm going to have to watch these stupid fucking movies. <laughs> I've never felt more disconnected from football. <laughs> Dude, you're one game behind me. Like I can fuck this up. I Let's can be fuck re- it up. You can fuck it up. You have a pretty comfortable lead right now, um, which is why it's smart for you to do the picks first on our part. Um, so you went, uh, as of now, 11-3. and three. I went 9-5. and five. Um, and Taylor went eight and six. Uh, there were some upsets that kind of fucked all of us, um, but we all picked those ones. Uh, we all took the Seahawks. We all took the Steelers. Um, I took some risks last week that didn't pay off. Uh, one of them being, uh, you took a risk in the Browns over the Titans, and it paid off. Yeah. I took the um, the Lions over the Bears. You guys took them. I took the Rams over the Cardinals. Taylor took the Cardinal. We both took the Rams. So really interesting week. Um, I'm trying to think of a big stuff. I You know what's crazy? Last week we said Pat Mahomes is clear of the MVP. Aaron Rodgers, like, yeah, dude, <laughs> he's having his best season ever right now. To think about that, he's the only quarterback ever to have five seasons of thirty-five passing touchdowns, which is wild. And Mahomes, he's only thrown two interceptions. Yeah. So, it, it's it's a pretty wild season, you know. Um, uh, the did you see the brawl in the Dolphins uh, Bengals game that happened? I only saw Flores. Uh, <laughs> dude, held back. How great was that motherfucker going nuts? Yeah, dude. So, do you know what caused all that? No. So there was a, a brawl early in the game in the second quarter. It wasn't even a brawl. It was Xavier Howard and Tyler Boyd got into it on the sideline a little bit. And um, Xavier Howard slapped. He didn't even slap. He shoved Tyler Boyd in the mask. And he, then he shoved him back in the mask. They both got ejected, which was the soft. You, I've seen guys get not get ejected for throwing punches before. Right. Stupid. So on one punt return in the second quarter, Jakeem Grant got leveled um, helmet to helmet by uh, Mike Thomas on the Bengals. Fifth. 15-yard penalty, whatever. Then, in the third quarter, the same dude levels Jakeem Grant before he could even catch the punt. And that's when the brawl started. Mm -hmm. And Brian Flores is going nuts, screaming at him. And then Devontae Parker comes out, which I love, and he starts throwing hands. And he dropped one of the coaches on the Bengals. Like, he dropped him. But the Bengals played a dirty game. Their safety, who got ejected because of the brawl, he stomped on one of our our offensive linemen in the game on his bad ankle. Scumbags. The Bengals I don't know how they can go from one coach to another and still be one of the dirtiest teams in the league. Right. But I love seeing that from Flores, that kind of fight, because that's the kind of thing that you want to see. Like, I think about if Adam Gaze was still the Dolphins coach, he would just be standing there looking at his fucking playbook. (laughs) And how the Jets lost was fantastic. But why don't we get right into it? Um, Josh, you're going to go first on all these. Uh, The Thursday night game. Mm Mm-hmm. 
The on the rise, New England Patriots, despite not uh, not even having a hundred passing yards, Cam Newton won again. Completely dominated the Chargers. Um, they had three, uh, two special teams touchdowns, and almost a third one against the Rams, who were coming off the win over the Cardinals. Uh, the Rams are six point favorites at home. Josh, uh, I'm going to take the Rams here. Um, I know that New England is playing well defensively. They're playing very well. They're running the ball well uh, on. Um, uh, special teams, and you know, like you said, they're running the ball very well. Uh, but the Rams are a team that has a good defense, very uh, good. They've defense. got a fantastic defensive front. You know, I'm a big fan of Aaron Donald. I always call him out whenever I, you know, have a Hell pick yeah. like this to make. Uh, I just don't see him putting up the points this week, man. Yeah. You know, goof is what he is, but I just don't see him putting. I like Justin called him this week, uh, Garrett Joof. Garrett Joof. Garrett Joof. Yeah, I'm also taking the Rams. I'm not doing it comfortably, though, because what you're starting to see from, uh, you know, it's crazy. A few weeks ago when the Patriots were reeling and the Bucs were playing great, the narrative was, oh, we know it was all because of Brady. And now they're only like two games separated from each other. And Cam Newton is not playing well. He's running well, but he only has four passing touchdowns. He's had two straight games with less than 100 passing yards. Uh, but their defense is playing great. And they got Stephon Gilmore back. They were missing him for a few games. And, you know, you got to think, he was the, Belichick was the coach, obviously, when the Patriots beat Jared Goof in the uh, Super Bowl. Right. They, you know, even though they say Brian Flores masterminded that, and you maybe saw that when the Dolphins crushed the Rams. I'm just, uh, I'm with you there. I'm not comfortable enough that the Patriots be able to put up the points when it matters. Um, you know, I saw a stat about Goof on, on Sunday. His average distance of pass on Sunday was 3.7 yards, and he threw for 352 yards. They had 258 yards after the catch. Three yards? 3.7 yards, or 3.2 yards average distance of his passes. What the fuck? Because... They hide his weaknesses. They have guys that are... That's such a dumb stat. I know, but it makes sense because you know... uh, That's exactly what the Dolphins did to him when they beat him. It's like, all right, we're going to take away the deep passes because we have the corners to do it. Try your short things. We're going to get to the quarterback before that, and that's what they did. So... Belichick can definitely do that, and he has the corners to do it. J.C. Jackson's played well. Stephon Gilmore's great, and you have the McCourty That's brothers. That's actually very, very impressive on McVay's part. Could you imagine what he could do with a real quarterback? Well, I've said, I know he's been terrible this year. If you put Carson Wentz there, I think he's a much more talented passer, but obviously the mental things are much different, and it's crazy to say that right now because Goof is playing well, but uh, you, me, and Taylor are all taking the Rams. Uh, next game, a lot's going to hinge on tonight, I'm sure, but the Cowboys uh, taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Cowboys are four-point favorites on the road, uh, coming off the Thanksgiving loss to the Washington football team. The Bengals coming off the loss to the Dolphins. Uh, in the third quarter of that game, when the brawls all happened, the Dolphins held the Bengals to negative eight yards. Uh, Josh? Uh, Bengals stink. They're the Bungles again. Um, yep. Bad head coach. Yep. Coach uh, can't allow that to happen. Yeah, no. Uh, so I'm, I'm taking the Cowboys. Yeah, uh, Taylor and I are also taking the Cowboys, not confidently, mind you, yeah. because that that game on Thanksgiving was so utterly embarrassing on the Cowboys' part, especially that fake punt that Mike McCarthy tried running, where I saw the guy go in motion. I'm like, holy shit, they're faking it down here? It was like on their own fucking 25-yard line, and it was snuffed out immediately. But the Bengals are bad. They don't have much talent. A.J. Green didn't have a single catch on Sunday. So we had that conversation where you guys thought he was playing well. I was like, eh. I thought he was on the upswing. He seemed to be building some rapport with Burrow, and he seemed to be bouncing he got, back. He and- got shut down on Sunday after Xavier Howard got ejected in the second half, and it was a rookie who 
who hadn't played well yeah. covering him the whole game. Uh, he was only targeted once. He couldn't get open. He just doesn't have the explosiveness anymore, but uh, we're all taking the Cowboys there. Uh, next game, uh, the Titans coming off a really, you know, the game wasn't as close as the score indicated. It was 38-7 at halftime. Uh, the Browns were beating the Titans, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who remain a very, you know, tough out despite being 1-11. They yeah. had the Vikings. They had them with Mike Glennon. Uh, and uh, the Titans, again, they've got crushed by the Browns. Uh, the Titans are seven and a half point favorites on the road. Josh. Uh, divisional game. Titans have got to play it tough. I don't see Vrabel. They have to win now. Yeah, I don't see Vrabel letting this team not take the uh, the, the Jags seriously. Uh, Titans have got to win this game. I'm, I'm picking the Titans. Yeah, I'm going to take the Titans as well. Uh, I'm really impressed with the Jaguars and how they played, and Taylor said it last week. Doug Marone deserves a lot of credit, and it should uh, be considered when he's in line for another head coaching job. It's not like what you see from the Jets and Adam Gase and Matt Nagy and the Bears where the team just looks embarrassing every week. They're fighting with limited talent. They do have some really good young offensive players, but uh, yeah, the Titans are going to be too much for them, and all they really got to do is just run the ball run the ball that's all uh next game uh this is a, a good one um with major playoff implications the arizona cardinals who have lost five of their last six at the uprising new york football giants the giants coming off one of the most impressive games of the season for any team beating the seattle seahawks in seattle with a backup quarterback and colt mccoy and the cardinals coming off the loss to the rams where kyler murray could not stop giving the ball to the other team in the second half the cardinals are two and a half point favorites on the road josh I don't think the Giants are very bad defensively. No, they're a very good defense. In fact, Bradbury, uh, Logan Ryan, Leonard Williams living up to it finally. Yeah. Now, Blake Martinez, very good acquisition from Green Bay. Very good defense. Um, you know, you got fucking Colt McCoy out there, but I don't know. Just the way He might be back this week, Daniel Jones. Okay, fair enough. Uh, just the way the Cardinals have been playing, the way the Kyler's been playing the last couple of weeks, uh, I'm not confidently doing this, but give me the Giants. All right, Taylor's also going to take the Giants. Um, I'm going to take the Cardinals because uh, I've, I've been so impressed with Joe Judge all season as a head coach. You know, they've only had one game where they didn't have a chance to win, and that was the 49ers game. How, yo, how Jets is it going to be when they're still bad two years from now and the Giants are good again? Yeah, I mean, the Giants are already, I won't, I mean, don't want to say they're good right now because they're still five and seven. Yeah. They're, they're, they don't have a winning record, but they're playing good football. Mm-hmm. They've played good football all season except one game. You know, when you look at the Giants, the thing with the, the, this team historically is when they're good, they're not great. You know what I mean? You're, they're never like a 13 and three, 14 Dude, and two. I wouldn't want to play them in the but, playoffs. You know, Would you want to play that team when, in the playoffs? They're at their best when they're 10 and six, 11 and five. Underdogs. Yeah. They play great with their backs against the wall. And historically, they play play they're, they're, the Giants are built on defense pass rush specifically and running the ball yeah. and who would have thought that the running game would be better without Saquon Barkley yeah. and it makes Wayne sense Wayne Gallman has been fantastic he's been great now he does not have the home run hitter ability of Saquon Barkley but he does the things that Saquon doesn't and that's when he doesn't have the home run hole he'll take his two or three yards yeah. he's a great pass blocker something Saquon doesn't do very well you potentially have a really good one two punch yeah, like you like, used to have with Ahmad Bradshaw and Brandon Jacobs don't don't let that shit fucking falter man don't let Wayne Gallman go. You got to keep that guy in the team. If that's going to be your identity, if your identity is going to be tough defense and running the football, yeah, and you got to keep both and of those it, guys. It, it protects you from the Daniel Jones mistakes as well. Yep. You protected it from the, the Colt McCoy mistakes. And even they have some nice pieces out there to catch the ball. Yeah, you, you know, g- fucking Slayton is nice. Da- uh, Sterling Shepard, Evan yeah. Ingram's nice. You have some good weapons. You get another receiver out there. You you have a pretty good offense. The line still needs to improve, of course. But in this game, you know, the Cardinals outside of the, they would be have lost six in a row if not for the Hail Mary. Yeah. 
yeah. um, against the Bills. But I think they're talented enough where they realize this is like that. And for the Giants, too, it's you got to win every game out. The Giants especially have to win every game now, now that the, the football team beat the Steelers on, on last night. Yeah. So it makes for a really interesting game, especially when it comes to NFC playoff positioning, because the Giants are potentially in a uh, wild card position, too. Yeah. The Lions are in only one game out of the seventh wild card. Yeah. So and, and the Cardinals are also still playing for the division. It's a very wide open NFC West as well. But I'm going to take the Cardinals here. The I, whole NFC is open except for the South. Yeah, because the, the, I think the whole NFC is. I think the Saints are. Clear, I think the Saints are clearly better than the Packers. But the Cardinals here. I think they know they have to win this game, and I think that. Cliff Kingsbury, the mistakes he's made with not getting feeding the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. I, was, I said to Taylor in the text the other day, the last four weeks, he had his least amount of targets since his rookie season, which is insane. You have fucking DeAndre Hopkins. Flow it to him. He gets more attention. The other guys get open. Um, so I'm going to take the Cardinals, but not confidently. Uh, next game, it's an interesting one in the sense that both these teams aren't very good. The Texans had a chance to beat the Colts on Sunday, uh, but they had a bad snap at the end that cost them. The Bears blew a game that they could have won against the Lions. Uh, the Texans are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Josh. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Texans. Yeah. Um, Go ahead. I just, I fucking, I love fucking Deshaun Watson. Me too. He's fantastic. He's so good. I know, and it's a shame that I feel like they're gonna about to waste three to four years of his of his prime yeah. without the draft picks, with a, a heavy cap against them. But I'm going to take the Texans as well. The Bears had their best chance to win in weeks this past week, and they fucked it up against the Lions. Yep, they Not, stink. <laughs> yeah, after how they started. You picked them to win the division, too. I sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are now, after they started out 5-1. Five 5-1? And one, five yeah. and one. Hey, you know what? I looked pretty fucking smart, like, a couple of weeks in. And then they beat the Falcons. And the like, story hey, of your life. You look yeah. smart for a little bit, and then there it goes. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, I just, uh, hey, I really don't want to watch these fucking movies. So uh, I'm, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm also going to pick the Texans, and so is Taylor. Uh, next game, it is Taylor's Denver Broncos coming off a tough loss to the Kansas City Chiefs that they probably had a chance to win. But yep. at midfield, with six minutes left, when it's only fourth and five, you should not be punting to Patrick Mahomes. Take your chance on a penalty yep. if you can't get the first down. Um, taking on the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Panthers were on a bye last week. They're getting Christian McCaffrey back this week. Interesting game. Broncos or Panthers are three and a half point favorites at home. Josh. Ugh, I don't like this game. Me either. Uh, I'll take the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, Taylor and I are both taking the Broncos. Um, I'm not taking the Broncos confidently. Yeah. Because I think that they, you know, they beat the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. They had the unfortunate game with the Saints where they had a wide receiver playing quarterback and they played a tough game against the Chiefs. All those games were at home. Yeah. And they even played the Saints tough early on. Their defense played pretty well. Going on the road, I'm not super confident, but I think the Panthers are one of these teams that are tough, but I like the Broncos to eke it out because their defense has played relatively well this season. Yeah. Uh, next game, the Minnesota Vikings barely beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, needed a comeback. Uh, their kicker missed. Dan Bailey, Dan Bailey, when he was on the Cowboys, was the most accurate kicker in NFL history. He missed two extra points and the field goal that would have won the game before kicking the game winner in overtime. Taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, coming off their bye week. Before that, they lost. Uh, I forgot who they lost to. It was the not the Saints, was it? Might have been. Possibly. Um, but it was another bad game from Brady. But the Bucks are six and a half point favorites on, at home. Uh, Josh. That's another one I don't really like. I know. The Vikings are one of these teams that are right there in the playoff hunt, too. Um, <sighs> fuck, man. Who's the favorite? The Bucks are six and a half point favorites at home. 
don't take those points. No. <laughs> Uh, uh, give me the Bucks. Yeah, Taylor and I also taking the Bucks. Um, I feel like, especially now that you've seen the Saints play so well and the NFC playoff picture is so muddy, that this is the time and you know, a bye week to kind of figure out whatever the mess is happening down there. Brady plays better. Arians coach is better. Uh, give me the Bucks. Uh, next game. Uh, this is a good one. AFC playoff positioning. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts coming off the win over the Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders, who. Shouldn't have won that game against the Jets. They should have lost. They had Derek Carr flustered the whole game. And then uh, Greg Williams uh, decides to cover zero blitz with five seconds left. Uh, the Colts are three-point favorites on the road. Josh. Uh, yeah, I'm taking the Colts here. The Raiders are fucking garbage. Yeah. Uh, I'm also taking the Colts. Um, I don't want to say they're outright garbage because their record is solid. Yeah. They're, they're in playoff positioning. You know, no doubt about that. But, but when I say garbage, I don't mean like they're a garbage Jets-type t- Jets team. I mean they're a garbage team that has pieces to be good but can't fucking remain consistent. Yeah, That's they're, they're a team that – they're only team that beat the Chiefs. They could have beaten them the second time. They were right there. And then they have games like they did against the Falcons. Yeah. And Derek Carr, I, I think he's solid. I don't think he's great. Josh Jacobs, I said to you guys last week, he's false. He's never healthy. Yeah. Darren Waller's great. 200 receiving yards against the Jets, 11 receptions. Uh, but the Colts' defense is not the Jets' defense. Right. Um, the Colts are not the Jets. Um, you know, it's one of these I think the Raiders, their back, are against, back is against the wall. But I'm still not a John Gruden believer in 2020. Uh, so give me the Colts. Taylor's also taking them. This game, we can actually spend a little time on this now. Uh, the New York Jets at the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks are 13.5-point favorites at home, even though they haven't played relatively well recently. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to see with Russell Wilson the how he started. One of those gifs, how it started, uh, how it how it's going. Mm-hmm. It started as MVP, and now it's like, oh, he's just another guy. Yeah. It's Despite those weapons that he has. Um the Jets, however, uh, it, it's weird because I said I could under I've said a thousand times if I needed the Jets to win a game mm. for the Dolphins to make the playoffs, I still wouldn't root for the Jets. <laughs> I hate them that much. Yeah. But I was sitting there saying like they're gonna win this and the Jaguars are gonna get. And it was like right when the Jaguars went ahead too. So I was like, shit, the Jaguars are gonna win, or whatever. Uh, but then. <laughs> Craig Williams runs a cover zero blitz with a spy on Derek Carr, who's not a scrambler, <laughs> with five seconds left, and puts a, uh, a corner named Lamar Jackson, who runs a four five six forty against Henry Ruggs, who ran a four point two eight forty, and he gets beat on a double move. And the crazy thing was, he ran the same play, the play before that, and Derek Carr overthrew Nelson Aguilar. It was a touchdown. He was wide open, and he overthrew him right in the end zone. So what comes out now is Adam Gaze was talking to one of his coaches and then right when the ball was being snapped he heard zero blitz and before he looked up the ball was snapped so he couldn't even call a timeout why didn't one of the Jets players call a timeout they have defensive captains for a reason hilarious yeah hilarious um you know but the big game that's going to come down to the Jets they play the Jaguars I think in week 16 or 17 yeah so that could potentially because I think if the Jaguars um if the Jets win one game and the Jaguars lose out the Jaguars get the number one overall pick based on strength of schedule right but we're all taking the Seahawks right oh yeah Uh, why would you be taking the Seahawks Josh well, actually, believe it or not, Pete Carroll is so confident oh. in the fact that they're going to win this week. He sent his personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, to Las Vegas to speak to the oddsmakers <laughs> about the <laughs> tremendously low number of points that they gave them. When Pete Carroll heard that they were only 13-point favorites, he flipped out. 
<laughs> so he thought it should have been more. He said that he thought it should have been more. He thought that the fake news Vegas odds makers. So they were hiding bets that would have made it a bigger spread. Yes. Wow. What a week for Rudy Giuliani. What a <laughs> few months. I would say farted in court. His hair was melting. Booked four season landscaping. Took his dick out in Borat. And now he has COVID. <laughs> Oh, my God. By the way, just a quick tangent. You saw that one woman that was in court, the blonde, the kind of attractive blonde. Yeah. She used to be a stripper at Bada Bing. I saw, yeah, I saw, the, I saw that name <laughs> come out. satin today. dolls, excuse me. But yeah. the Bada Bing made famous on The Sopranos. Uh, we're all taking the Seahawks. Yes. Yeah. Um, your team, Josh, the Atlanta Falcons mm-hmm. at the horrific Los Angeles Chargers, who I said last week when I picked the Patriots to beat the Chargers that the game they had the week before against the Bills with that horrible coaching was the kind of game that makes a team quit on a coach. And you saw that against the Patriots. Mm -hmm. They're going to get Justin Herbert killed the same way I said for the whole season that Bengals were going to get Joe Burrow killed. He took an ass kicking. And I listen, I'm going to tip, I'm going to tip my own cap here. The fact that um, the only two defensive coordinators that made um, Justin Herbert look like a rookie this year were Brian Flores and Bill Belichick. But uh, Falcons, Chargers, Falcons, two and a half point favorites on the road. Josh. Oh, you said you weren't picking the Falcons the rest of the season. Yeah, I might, and it's uh, worked for you for the most part besides the Raiders game. I know, but this is fucking... Chargers are so bad. Gar- like, they're Dude, just all They're special teams. Bad. They gave up two special teams touchdowns and almost a third one. They've given up five special teams touchdowns this season. Listen, for, for, for what it's worth... You got a team that's that bad going up against. They they can have no offensive line, and and Mac can still throw one up to fucking Calvin or Julio and grab a touchdown. And based off of last week, that's all they need is one. Yeah, yeah, Uh, pretty much. I will take the Falcons very, 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 very cautiously, reluctantly. Um, but yeah, I don't. The Chargers are just so bad. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, my game, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs coming you off didn't the win. Say who you were? Oh, Taylor and I are both taking the Falcons. <laughs> Sorry, I just thought it was obvious. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, my team, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs coming off the win over the Broncos against my Miami Dolphins, uh, coming off the win over the Bengals. Uh, the Chiefs are seven and a half point favorites on the road. Oh man, this is a hard one for me because everything tells me to take the Chiefs, right? Yeah. The Chiefs said they've only lost that game to the Raiders. They're 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 on the rise. You know, the the defending Super Bowl champions. But they've had this tendency to let teams hang around. Like they had that they should that game against the Bucks where it was final score was 27-24. It should not have been that score. Um the Broncos score like they you feel like they've almost like how the Steelers, I was saying, like they're letting teams hang around, but I'm more impressed with the Chiefs than I am the Steelers. Right. If I, I I'm I'm kind of contradicting myself here. I want to take the Chiefs, but this will be the kind of situation where Go! I I hate picking against my team, and the times that I do, it fucks me. Yeah. So I'm gonna take my team because if they fuck me with watching football, and I have no expectations for this game, if they fuck me with watch um with you know them losing this game, they fuck me, fuck me twice, just fuck me raw. I don't care. But I think the Dolphins have a live chance here because of their defense. They have corners that can cover. Um, but it's going to depend on how they run the ball because the Chiefs are susceptible to the run. Mm-hmm. It's you know The Dolphins' offense didn't play great in the first half against the Bengals, but suddenly Chan Gailey was like, you know what, maybe I should try calling some of the same plays uh, for Tua that I call for Fitzpatrick. Go up tempo, go five wide, the thing that he did best in college, and all of a sudden he started lighting it up. He wasn't making mistakes. He was decisive. Him and Mike Gusecki were just developing a chemistry. And that was without Devontae Parker for the second, most of the second half. And he would have had almost 400 passing yards, but Jakeem Grant dropped a 91-yard touchdown. Hit him in stride, 54 yards through the air downfield. 
I'm more confident in this game than I should be yeah. because it's the Chiefs, but I'm not going to pick against them because they have a real chance to make a run in the playoffs. They're deep. It's a championship caliber defense. There's no denying that at this point. They're second in points allowed. Um, they got their other running back back in Miles Gaskin. The offensive line is playing really well, too. It wasn't sacked. It was only the second time all season they didn't give up a sack. Um, I'm going to take the Dolphins very reluctantly, and Taylor's going to take the Dolphins as well. Uh, surprise, I'm going to take the Dolphins, too. All right. Um, so, listen, man. That defense is something else. I mean, and Xavier Howard, dude. This is the time that Mahomes is really going to be tested of a, against a top flight. It's defense. probably the best defense he's faced all season, yeah. um, statistically. And it's going to come down to the corners, Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. And Howard is a legitimate defensive player of the year candidate. Eight, know, eight interceptions. At it, the very least, they're going to keep them in check from a scoring standpoint. I, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to light it up to the tune of 30-plus. Which they haven't really been doing, no, which is crazy. Haven't. I mean, what you you saw that that one quarter Tyreek Hill had 200 receiving yards in a game like that. You think they put up 50 yeah. and they only won 27 24. Yeah. You know, so to me, the, the key to this game is Tua. Tua has to play well. Clean. Yeah. I mean, he's he's not had a turnover yet. He's thrown a couple picks that were uh, taken back by penalty, but he hasn't even made throws where I'm like, oh, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's definitely going to come down to Tua. It's going to come down to the defense keeping him in check. Keep Mahomes, run the ball. They haven't been great at running the ball this year, but they can run it against this defense. And I think a game like last week when you had the brawl, and all the players fired up is the kind of situation where a team rallies together. Yeah. And you play, they, it's clear. The team is cohesive. That's yeah. That's what you really like to see from a young team like this. You know, the. And the, a young coach. Yeah. The, the, the team, the teammates are bought into each other. They're bought into the coach. The coach obviously has a fucking passion for this team and his players. And they don't make, they don't make a ton of penalties. They don't make dumb penalties. Woo. I, dude, it's crazy. Like, I, listen, I'm I'm happy. I said then I'm happy with being wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I wasn't expecting to be this quickly. You started to see it last year when they started 0 and 7 and they finished 5 and 11. You and even when they were 0 and 7, they were playing some tight games. That's going to go down as like one of the best takes from you. Oh my god, hell yeah, that was a great rant. I was hammered. <laughs> I was pissed. I was like, because at that point we had never seen a Belichick assistant that you had any faith in, right? And now you're seeing it with Flores and Joe Judge that you're like, oh shit. I mean, Matt Patricia got fired last week and now all these stories are coming out. One of the assistant coaches said, it's like the fall of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's great, but uh, we're all taking the Dolphins. Hell yeah. Um, the next game, um, the New Orleans Saints on the rise coming off the win over the Falcons at the Philadelphia Eagles who officially make the move from Carson Wentz to Jalen Hurts. The Saints are seven point, seven point favorites on the road. Josh. Dude, fuck this whole stupid fucking... Uh, what's this asshole's name? Taysom Hill. <laughs> Bullshit. What the fuck is it? I don't understand. How is it working? Fuck off. I know it was the Broncos and the Falcons. They suck. Now they're going against the Eagles. They suck. Well, they gave Taysom Hill had his first ever passing touchdown. I know. <laughs> I saw it. I understand. Dude, this is crazy. Sean Payton is 8-0 with backup quarterbacks the last two years. So fucking stupid. And you guys can't win games with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Um. Uh, I'm taking the Saints. We're all taking the Saints. I am intrigued by to see what the Jalen Hurts thing does for them. Who knows? It could be just as big a disaster as it was with Carson Wentz because that team is a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh, it sucks because Doug Peterson's such a good coach. I don't understand what the fuck. Is well, you know, there's a lot of theories that. going around that because they haven't been as good since that Super Bowl year, of course. Um, most teams, it takes a long time. It's rare. The Patriots are an anomaly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if you look at the 49ers, Super Bowl last year, injuries, of course. The yeah. Packers haven't been able to get back besides Rodgers won. Neither have the Steelers. Yeah. Yeah, 
the Steel the Steelers. Well, they got to they lost to well Ben's been to three. Has he? His second year when he won. Yeah. When they beat the Seahawks. Then they beat the Cardinals. Then they lost to the Packers in the Super Bowl. When Rodgers won his one. That was the Steelers? That was the Steelers, yeah. Fuck, I don't remember. 2011. Did they did they win lose win or win win lose? Win 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 lose. They okay. lost to the Packers. That's Rodgers only uh Super Bowl. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah, it was a very good game actually. Underrated Super Bowl. Um which we're on the Packers now. The uh Green Bay Packers uh playing great football. Rodgers we talked about. He's playing out of his mind. Um great offensive weapons. Devontae Adams has to be in the conversation the best wide receiver in the league at this point. Um just every week. It's it's seamless. When he's healthy, it, it's amazing. At the Detroit Lions who beat the Bears and looked like a really good team uh in the second half. The Packers are seven and a half point favorites on the road. Divisional game, interim head coach, Josh. Oh, uh, yeah, you got to take the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to take the Packers. I had all that hype, and I'm just like, yeah, 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 Packers, Packers. <laughs> but I I think the Packers are, again, I thought last year they were a soft team despite their record. And I, you've seen it too many times now where they're front runners, a lot like the Ravens. Yeah. I don't I don't like teams that can play physical. Listen, I love I love Rodgers. He's great. But I guarantee that they're one and done in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the Steelers are one and done, too. I, I There's a couple teams where... I, dude, the Saints being one and done won't surprise me because they just can't... Something weird happens to them. if Breeze doesn't come back. There's no way that Taysom Hill's going to win in the playoffs. That will come back to bite me. <laughs> that you? Why do you say anything? <laughs> they're going to win the Super Bowl. And Taysom Hill's going to have like a Flacco run from a few years ago. Um, next game, interesting one. Washington football team, right in the mix of things. Um, beat the Steelers. First, yeah. Handing the Steelers their first loss of the season. Alex Smith. Man, again, comeback player of the fucking Absolutely. century. I'm so happy for him. And that tight end they have, Logan Thomas, looks awesome. Former college quarterback, uh, now an NFL tight end. But I'm thrilled for Alex Smith. I still cringe every time he gets wrapped up, every yeah. single time. But uh, great defense. Chase Young uh, playing out of his mind, taking on the 49ers, who got demolished by the Bills and Brian Dable and Josh Allen. The 49ers are three and a half point favorites at home. Josh. I'm going to take the football team. I am as well. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Taylor is also taking the Saints and the Packers. I keep forgetting because Dummy's not here. Um, yeah, I like the football team because I think their defensive front could create issues for a quarterback like Nick Mullins. And just to show you again how false passing yards can be to evaluate a quarterback in today's NFL. They showed a graphic last night about the most passing yards through their first 13 NFL start, 13, 14 NFL starts, whatever. Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Nick Mullins. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. He's a very, very nice backup quarterback. You can win with him. And they have won with him. Yeah. He's a solid player. But shut up. Shut up. He's not a fucking franchise quarterback. I think the football team is playing uh, inspired football. And not just Alex Smith on that team. You want to talk about Ron Rivera going through chemotherapy treatment while he's coaching a team. Doesn't miss a fucking game. Yeah, I wish it wasn't Dan Snyder that owned this fucking team because I would be all in on the Washington football team. But I am all in on Alex Smith and Ron Rivera. Rivera. A lot of fun to watch right now. Not that it's like exciting football, but they're playing good defense. And Alex Smith, I am excited to watch. And um, I'm taking the football team. Uh, Taylor's taking the 49ers. Next game, uh, even money line on this one. Um, so there's no favorite right now, at least, as of Tuesday. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming off their first loss through the Washington football team, taking on the Buffalo Bills coming off the win over the 49ers. Uh, the Bills are at home. Josh. 
That's an interesting one to me. Really this interesting. Is, this is Big Ben versus Big Ben Light. And, and it's also um, playoff seeding here yeah. because, you know, the Steelers, are they only have one loss, as do the Chiefs, and the Bills only have three losses. So losing here and the Bills, if they go on a run, you could be talking about losing that first. got to remember, there's only one by the only the number one, number one overall seed gets a bye week this year. Yeah. The two seed doesn't get a bye week. So you have to play if you're the two seed. Right. You do not want to be in that position. So, uh, Josh, who are you taking? I'm going to take Steelers. Yeah, I'm also going to take the Steelers. Um, you know, you got to, Josh Allen has got to play well against good defense. He's got to, you know, he basically only has one half of a field to throw to because he can't throw to Minka Fitzpatrick's side. No, he can't throw to Minka Fitzpatrick's side. Now, the thing for the Steelers that is tough is losing Bud Dupree, an elite pass rusher in this league. Um, but this isn't the 49ers. No. Um, the Steelers, I think. Losing was good for them because now it was like we're eleven now. Their schedule's easy. A couple of weeks ago, I said, uh, you know, this reminds me a lot of the fifteen and one team. Yeah, and I think it might remind me a lot of the fifteen and one team that they have a shot to go fifteen and one as well as that team did. Yeah, and that you team know, didn't win the Super Bowl. Uh, no, it did not. But I think. Um, Losing now is good because it's pressure off you. Like, because yeah. when you're undefeated, the target's on your back, and you have to, you know, when you lose a game, it's kind of like, oh, well, we don't have a narrative anymore. Yeah. And, you know, there's certain things that have to get better. They cannot run the ball, and that's Steelers football. The guys are dropping passes. You got to catch them, any team. Yeah. But I like the Steelers here because um, the Bills are up and down, and they had a big up week last week, Josh Allen specifically, and it makes you think they're going to have a down week. Um, and so, and I like Tomlin coming off a loss as well. Yeah. Taylor taking the Bills, so we got a few different games here in the last three right now, and I think we will in the final game, uh, the Monday night game, really interesting one. Uh, this team is playing right now, the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, by the way, the other thing with the Steelers is they're going to be playing three games in 12 days as of this Sunday, which is crazy. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, who are playing against the Cowboys right now, taking on the very, very impressive 9-3 and Cleveland Browns, coming off the big win um, over the Tennessee Titans. Baker Mayfield, I- I've always like Baker. I like his moxie. It's arrogant sometimes, but he is fun to watch when he's going. Yeah. Like a lot of fun. Uh, the, by the way, the Ravens are up 7-3. Lamar Jackson, 37-yard rushing touchdown. Um, but uh, the, the Nick Chubb running, the Kareem Hunt running, the offensive line is great. Miles Garrett's back, another week back off the COVID list, which he said COVID kicked the shit out of him. Yeah. He said that I was on the couch for about two weeks, and when I came back, I felt like I hadn't trained in three months. And that's a, like a, a superhuman athlete, yeah. a super soldier, if you will. Oh. Um, and the Ravens are one-point favorites. But if you Remember, they demolished the Browns in week one. We thought same old Browns, and look at them since then. Yeah. They're fucking nine and two since that fucking loss yeah. and playing great football. And Baker looks like he's leading, which I like. There was a play where he gave off, a, I handed it off to Nick Chubb, and he broke off the left side on the edge. And Baker is running 30 yards downfield to pick up a block for him. Mm-hmm. That is a leader. Now, I'm not saying he's a, a, a MVP, a superstar. I think his ceiling is about what you see right now, but you can win with that yeah. if you put the right weapons. And Stefanski is doing a superb job. Josh. Uh, Last year, I was a Browns denier. This year, I am a Browns truther. And they weren't even terrible last year. No. What, 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 they what seven and nine last year? Something like that. They weren't even bad. No. They they were disappointing because of right. the hype. Uh, this year, I'm, I'm Browns truther. Uh, and hey. Say what you will. You know, I'm not going to be Mike Francesa here, but uh, this team has looked very different since 
Odell Beckham has not been a part of it. It's it's very true. I mean, and let, let's. I, I want to say I agree with you, but they were winning games with Odell too. It but just they look different. Yeah, correct. Like they, they were winning the attitude, the they swagger, were winning of the team. games. But now they look like a winning team. Well, the game against the Titans was eye-opening because they were you picked them, but the Titans were five and a half point favorites, and yeah. everyone said every time they played the Browns played a good team, they lost or they looked bad, yada yada. They go up thirty-eight-seven in the first half. Baker had four passing touchdowns. Yeah. And this is a really interesting game because the Ravens are reeling, the Browns are rising. Right, and you know it's a divisional game. Um, Browns got to come into this game with a chip on their shoulder because of what happened earlier in the season. I'm taking the Browns all the way here. All right. And to make up ground and potentially bury Taylor, I'm going to take the Ravens. Um, I just think, I, again, I've been, a, I picked the Browns to win the division last year. I've been a Baker Mayfield hype guy since week one, since his rookie year. I love Baker. But I'm going to take the Ravens because I still like their defense. Their defense played very well against the Steelers last week, despite not practicing for 10 days. And they did, yeah, obviously, RG3 is still an asshole. I lo- you didn't reply to my tweet. Why didn't you wear your RG3 jersey? Shut up. <laughs> he, he was making excuses after the game. We would have won if not for my hamstring. This dude still doesn't get it. You were out of football for a year, stupid. And you're still doing this? But um, I, I, I really like the Ravens' defense still. And they're one of these teams that... I could see just going on a run at the end and making making things interesting for a lot of teams. They're still in the playoff hunt. It's not like they're a losing team. But I'm going to take the Ravens. Most I I think the Browns will win, but I have to go with my uh, my. I have to take risks here. We got to take risks down the stretch. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games where we all pick the same, and we had so the rest of them we pick differently. So if I can't catch up to you. I'm burying that cocksucker, <laughs> and I'm going to bury him proudly. And if I can't gloat that I won and you get the bottle of booze to pick out, then I'm going to be like, I was better than you, stupid. <laughs> so You know what's funny is that if I win, I'm not going to gloat at all because that's not me. But you'll gloat for second place, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, I will gloat about not losing. <laughs> I, I'm such a fucking stupidly competitive cocksucker because I, I, I'm. Here's the thing: I'm a very sore loser, <laughs> and I'm a worse winner because I love shit talking, and I'm good at it, and I love making people feel bad about who they are. <laughs> and poor fucking Taylor, who I think is an incredibly intelligent football fan, and I think that his picks sometimes are coming from uh, they are. Almost always coming from a place of intelligence, but sometimes I think they come from a place of emotion. And besides picking your own team, you should never pick from a place of emotion. And despite his um, way above average, he's one of the most intelligent football fans I know, especially when it comes to individual players. He is a tremendous piece of shit. So going into week 14 in the NFL season, 14? Week 14 in the NFL season? Week 14 in the NFL season. All I want to say is fuck you, Taylor. This is the week I take your fucking corpse. You're you're almost you're you're half dead body, and I'm gonna drag it into a hole. But before I drag it into a hole, I'm gonna fill up your hole, and you're gonna like it. And you're gonna be begging for your life and to call 911. You can still save me, but no one's gonna save you, Taylor. I'm gonna drag your fucking big stupid ass along. I might need a pallet jack, and I'm gonna dump it in the hole. And as you're reaching up with your last gasping breath, and you say no, change. My pick to the Chiefs. I'm gonna say, not today, cunt. And I'm gonna dump the fucking dirt on you. And you're gonna still be reaching out. And I'm gonna say, rest in peace, you piece of shit. This was episode 131 of You Watch I Listen. I'm Dan. 
Josh. I'm Josh. Thank you for filling in. <laughs> no problem. This was a lot of fun. And Taylor, we'll see you next week. And we'll see all you guys next week. Later. A singer in a smoky-